0: Hey strangers, welcome to another episode of The Strange Sessions. As always, I am Kurt, and I am joined once again by my Lovely co-host, Krista. Hey Kurt. Hey Krista. I'm waiting. I didn't say anything funny today. No,
1: that's okay though. I'm waiting for you one day to be like, for the first time ever, I'm Kurt. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> no, because maybe April Fools. Maybe for okay. April Fools Day. Uh, How are you?
1: That would take planning. Uh, I'm good. How are you? I'm freezing.
0: You are cold, <laughs>
1: as per usual. We came
0: down here after going outside to take our photo today, and then she was warm, and then
1: now I'm cold. Now she's cold. I'm covered up enough, and she doesn't want a to gym sweatshirt. She
0: doesn't want to turn the heater on because it makes noise.
1: Well, no, it blew. It like oh, yeah, it blew blows the fuse. Yeah. Not in our house in the yeah, this is
0: riveting <laughs> <for> <laughs> hearing, our hearing our stuff.
1: It is a dark, cold, dreary day here it's in Wisconsin. It's going to rain, it's it's gonna to rain, rain all day. Good later. Yep.
0: I want to give some shout outs to our newest listeners, and those are Linda Hat Hart, Mia Soheim, Joe Akers, Wendy Christensen, Austin Ryan Hayes, Rob Potter, Laura Gillis, Angela Davila, Julie Jankowaska, and as always, my some of my students that listen, Cadence, Sam, and I guess Logan is listening now too. What's up, Logan? And Cadence's sister sent us something. I'm going to read it next episode okay. because I feel like this one might run a little long, so I'm going to read it next episode. So next episode, we'll give a shout out to Cadence's sister as well.
1: Sweet. So one of those guys is from, he said he lives near Rendlesham Forest, so now we have- Oh,
0: cool. And I, I think Julia- Another one. Julia Jankowaska, I think she's from Poland.
1: Oh, she's the one that because was just like... Because you told me yeah, that yeah, she yeah, just...
0: Yeah. Had, so I kind of creeped on her Facebook page. <laughs> be beca- creeping on you. Because I love that. I'm obsessed with that weird, insanely weird Polish YouTube thing called Mushroomland TV. It's like a yeah. six... There's only like six videos and people... It's one of those things that when people first saw it, they're like, what? Is they're this like, on...
1: Did this get talked about on The Strangers? I think a little okay. bit
0: a little bit but it's just weird and huh. like people like write comments like am i gonna die in seven days now because i watch this <laughs> like i can't even ring. explain what it's about because it's just it's bizarre, just so bizarre yeah. but i watch it so much that i know some of the things that they say in polish because it's from poland so it's polish and it has american or english subtitles mm. so once i saw like the writing on her page i'm like oh that's polish so very cool thank you julia
1: well we should go visit or something because i am very polish i would love to visit poland i really would love to visit poland yeah it looks beautiful
0: and i want to give a super special shout out to a good friend and a stranger chad bonin who is going through some serious health stuff right now so chad love you and hope you're doing okay and the next episode i think we're going to be doing one that you have asked about for like the last five years (laughs) so (laughs) we finally finally get get around we finally get around to it (laughs) so yeah so thank you guys so much for listening
2: yeah
1: um, another special shout out to Xander.
0: Yes, Xander, thank he you. He sent the
1: sweetest email. Yes. Yes. Um, he I, and I've been listening to their show here and there and he has I believe been an educator yes. in the past or
0: I don't know what he does right now, but I love the link he sent me. I
1: didn't watch it. So what was it?
0: It's just like something for educators. Okay. I mean not like it's top secret like don't watch it, you can't watch it Yeah, so you're yeah not an yeah. educator, but it was really good and like I'm this isn't like a big secret. Like I loved my job and now
1: the honeymoon's over? Kind of over. not so much. Kind of,
0: <laughs> kind of weighing my other uh. options. So I'm just really not doing well there, yeah. I feel. But uh. Well, that was so yeah. sweet of him to send that. As yes, like a so thank chin you up. so much. Sandra. And there was
1: a sweet P.S. at the end about me going back to school, and yeah. he's done the same thing. And so that was just so I'm all awesome. downtrodden because I got like... <laughs> <laughs> not a perfect score yeah. on something. Just, just
0: like this morning, she got uh, not a perfect score on something, so she's not doing well. I mean, I
1: still got a good grade, but I've been getting perfect scores, so I'm like...
0: She's kind of a perfectionist. Super annoyed by that A little bit of a perfectionist, <laughs> which is why your podcast is so good. <laughs> That's why we forget to do the deets. That's the episodes <laughs> that, that I'm is, in charge of is,
1: have the steak burrito. That is, that a,
0: is why the nights after we put it out, we text each other, oh, we, f- oh, no, we forgot We forgot the deets. We didn't do the joke. <laughs> so, we forgot to yeah. do the like taste said, test. We run a tight ship here. <laughs> but housekeeping, we do have a voicemail. Oh, we yeah, We actually yeah, got yeah. a voicemail. Did you put it on your computer?
1: No. Oh, you gave it to me. Yep. And I just sat here and did nothing. <laughs> Just try to keep expectations low. <laughs> oh, good lord. Are you going to read what your phone interpreted the message no, as? No. That's hilarious. I
0: should, but I. it's funny because when somebody sends us a voicemail, Jeez. Google translates it so I can read it, and it's never anything <laughs> it's like really what it's supposed funny. to be.
1: I'm like, who would talk like that?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I got to start saving those, like the transcriptions.
1: Totally. Okay.
0: Hey, um, I hope this is the right number for the Strange Sessions. I just had a uh, comment. My name is Josh. I'm from Ohio.
1: I sent you guys some Bigfoot socks not too long ago. Hope you enjoy them.
0: But I just started listening to the new Mandela Effect episode. Or was it? Maybe there was no Mandela Effect episode to begin with. Maybe we are, in fact, now living and an alternate reality where you guys never did an episode on the Mandela Effect. I just blew my own mind.
1: All right. Well, stay safe in Wisconsin. Oh my God! Thank you so much, awesome. Josh. How many Thank times you... have we said who sent us the socks? Thank I can't you so remember. much for the socks. Yes. the socks
0: are awesome. We love
1: them. I often wear them when we record. Just so you know, but, but they no, don't show up you, in photos.
0: You but... are not mistaken. We did do an, an episode about the Mandela effect, <laughs> or did we? We did because it's still on my computer. Because <laughs> after he sent that, I'm like, we did right, and it's still on my computer. But that's one of those yeah. that we lost in our feed because yes. as we get as we record new episodes, old ones go away until we one day do something, do about, something that. about that so
1: someone should do something about that.
0: <laughs> that's so um yeah Again, they're still on an youtube internet. and i believe they might still be on spotify i'm not 100 sure
1: i think they're on our website too yeah it's just goes they don't there. show
0: up in our feed our rss feed but mm-hmm. they are there so consider those the lost episodes for now or are they or are they <laughs> so thank you like so much that. for the email or the the voicemail josh <laughs> That was awesome. I get so excited when when I get my little thing to pop up that says we got a you have a a voicemail. A voicemail. So sure.
1: when someone calls, what do they hear?
0: I don't know. You have reached
1: yes nine two zero. No one is available for your call. Probably. Mm. No so wonder we, he yeah. wasn't sure if he got the right number. Yeah. But I should do something about that one. That'd of these be kind days, of fun. Too. We could record something. Yeah, together. we could record a
0: quick something. We should. We'll keep we'll, that in mind. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't remember if I brought this up in an earlier episode about my student. I don't think you did. When it was my last day with one of my teachers because I was being moved to a different teacher and you know like all the students at one point had to submit something and they would say it and then everybody kind of had to guess who that was so my thing was I'm a ghost hunter Mm -hmm. and a lot of the students are like that's Mr. K. That's like totally Mr. K. So then we ended up going on like a 15 or 20 minute discussion about ghosts and stuff in the class and it blew me away that there was a boy a sixth grade boy that's so what said, age is that that's it's like 11 or 12 or okay. 12 that mm-hmm. you know raised his hand and, and said that he sees someone in his bedroom at night every now and then and he said the really weird thing is is that they're wearing like a cloak and a top hat hmm. And he had no idea that the Top Hat Man is a thing. Right. So it's just so bizarre that he said that.
1: Yeah, it is. You know?
0: So yeah, it was just really, I was like, wow. It's
1: so strange how prevalent that is. It, yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and he specifically said that. And it was like he didn't want to say that because he thought it sounded weird. And he had no idea that that's like a this common thing. It's a common thing, thing yeah. to see this shit. Did you tell sh- him that? Yeah. To see this shit. Well, I- in a good way, not yeah, like, yeah, yeah. dude, that's creepy. The
1: devil's in your bed.
0: <laughs> yeah, no. I didn't say that. You should that.
1: move immediately. No.
0: So yeah, I just thought that was interesting that he sees the Hatman. Yeah. basically.
1: I don't want to see the Hatman. I'll, no. I'll be real honest.
0: <laughs> do we have any other housekeeping? I think we got a lot to do, so. Yeah, we do. Should we hop right in? Should we open the packages first? Yes. Okay. I'm
1: dying to know what came from Norway,
0: actually. Oh, yep. We got these two just yesterday, actually, in the mail. This one I know is from Kate, listener Kate, because she said she was going to send it to me. So if you want okay. to open it. With my ceremonial, so awesome ceremonial, ceremonial
1: devil-worshipping-slash-box-opener uh, the one that dagger. Sophie and Adam sent to us. <laughs> yes. Do you think this looks safe?
0: Yeah. Oh, here.
1: I don't want to accidentally slice the book in half. <laughs> oh, okay. I've got it started. There should just be like a... A bonus episode of me making noises when I open <laughs> trying packages. Trying to open packages.
0: That'll be our Patreon audio. <laughs>
1: yeah, we paid for this. <laughs> mm. Okay, I think that, I think I'm good. Oh, there's a note. Awesome. Actually, it's a card. Oh, so cool. That's cute. So this is must be a book that she read. Yes, because there's like yes. stuff highlighted and underlined in here. That's pretty cool. Yes,
0: because <clears throat> Kate said. It's a gorgeous card.
1: Oh, it is pretty. I want to go there.
0: Oh, I wish I was there right now. It says Kurt. I don't oh, know if we... really. Well, <laughs> after kidding. you, we record with you. Maybe you and I could record from the beach. <laughs> I <Nice>, save. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Kate says, "Kurt, I don't know if you remember, but I sent you a message a few months back about this book. I finally found my other copy." I read it a long time ago, but still play the games daily. Helps to stay in the moment. Hope this note finds you feeling better. Heart, heart, heart. Love your podcast. If you ever do an episode on spirit guides, I am your lady. My best, Kate. Speaking
1: of, do you want to update everyone on your medical situation so that people aren't worried about you?
0: My chest is better. Yes. Uh, Yes, Yeah.
1: I I texted him every single day. How are you feeling? I got a lot of
0: messages from people. Uh, Barry had Bear again message me and yell at me. So that for Barry because Barry's yes, not on Facebook. She gave me. She said she had to give me laser Barry's laser eyes. So Did thank you. See the book? Thank you so much for everybody that yeah. messaged me. But my chest feels better. I think it was just stress. But if it does happen again, because it wasn't good, if it does happen again, I promise I will go to the doctor. I'm
1: just gonna enlist your brother Corey to make sure that happens. Okay.
0: Okay. But yes, it is from Kate Berry, and it is a book called Sidewalk Oracles, playing with signs, symbols, and synchronicity in Ooh, everyday life. That is so cool. And she said all... she's just She messaged me one day on Instagram, and she said it popped in her head that I should get this book. So so she sent it to me. So thank you so much, Kate. I'm really actually excited to read this because I just finished Hellier, the second season of Hellier.
1: So what did you think about it?
0: Eh, eh. You're not
1: as crazy about it as some no. of us
0: are? But I love the synchronicity stuff, but they yes. get a little too. and. I just, I just have a problem a like in the last episode where they're going to the cave and all of a sudden there's a tree down in the road that they're going on. And that just mm. seemed so faked to me. Yeah, a little bit. You know, and I know I, don't believe everything. I, I know so much is edited. So much stuff oh, well, on TV yeah. is edited.
1: They're the ones who edit it. Yeah. I mean, the one guy yeah. I can't think of his name, Carl.
0: But I love what they're doing. And that's kind of like the yeah. John Keel thing there's with the Mothman thing too. where they're like John Keel, I would I just actually reread Mothman Prophecies because of that show. But mm-hmm. John Keel is like, you know, like looking at ghosts and UFOs. Like he looks at the big picture stuff and figures out how it's all tied together. Instead of looking at the little things, like individual things, they look at the big picture, mm-hmm. which they kind of did on Hellier. Yeah. So I I, I love that stuff that they touched on. I thought it was good. It's mm-hmm. just I have like a natural. Um, skepticism skepticism when it comes to televised things sure
1: it makes me when i watched it it made me want to get back in it though yeah like watching them do investigations and using different methods and like seeing results i was like man i miss yeah i miss investigating i had a
0: weird little panic moment where they were in the cave I'm, yeah like i'm slightly claustrophobic yeah. but the cave was big enough but then like when they were walking off they and went the cameraman stayed there and it mm. got gradually darker, and it's it creeped me out to think of that. If you just like teleported someone in that cave, it's pitch black. Yeah,
1: there's no and lights. You, could out you there.
0: imagine like having to feel your way on the wall no. to try to find your way out and getting lost? And I just kind of freaked out a little bit about that. That kind of sounds horrifying. Yes, and so thank you so much, Kate. I'm super excited to start this, and I will let you know what I think. Kate's awesome. I love following her stuff, like her yoga stuff and her synchronicities and spirit. Oh wait, stuff. who is this? Kate Berry.
1: What is her? name on instagram it is has she done some videos on yes our... okay. yeah she's done a yes. bunch of videos yeah she's so like bubbly and positive she is yeah i love she her does tarot cards yep. too okay
0: and this is from our good friend coleman who we oh, want to have on the show some Spoil sometime. us coleman Coleman's i still have awesome. to send your books back to you but i'm
1: still i love that he knew
0: right them. away what that picture was i put up for this episode with the you
1: better i'll hunt you down i'm just kidding Wow. <laughs> I'm feisty today. It said dagger.
0: That dagger changed your personality. It's the
1: eleven out of thirteen on the oh, paper yeah. That's what it Yesterday. Is. And the dagger. And the cursed dagger. Taking it out on everyone. Oops.
0: On the table too, apparently. Yeah,
1: apparently. We have sent a couple of mugs out now. Thank you to those who have ordered. Awesome. Um, while I'm opening this, I'm gonna say that Ooh I uh <laughs> She saw what it was, <laughs> but I didn't. I got very distracted. Season two of Expedition Bigfoot just ended. Is it food stuff? What's that? Is it food stuff? In here, yeah. Save
0: it for next episode then. Okay. Don't don't look.
1: Damn it, I already looked. I saw all of it.
0: Is it does it sound good?
1: It looks like old school type stuff okay. or local stuff. Save it for next episode okay.
0: because we got enough for this episode and this way I don't have to stress about buying something for next episode.
1: Okay. Sorry, Coleman.
0: Thank but you, Coleman. Thank you. Norway? Krista really wants to get into this I'm Norway. I'm
1: really anxious to see okay. what somebody sent something to us from Norway. We have to open it like ASAP. It probably took a month to get here and cost like fifty dollars just to send it. And it's heavy. And didn't the customs thing say something like
0: snacks or food or something? Yeah. And I'm never sure how to pronounce your name. I it's can't be. Read it's any like it's like. Beeth. Beeth. I think it's Beeth, Beeth but it's a Rudeli? really cool name. Rudeli? Yes. Hmm. I always just say Beeth.
1: There's probably so much stuff in here. Oh, yeah. This is where it says, candy gifts for friends.
0: Oh, We're friends. Thank you, Beath, I think. Maybe this it's is Beth. Like,
1: taped to the nines. <laughs> so, oh, maybe it is just pronounced Beth. She I don't said know. she
0: said that we did massacre her name, but she said it feels like that's the right thing for us to do, is massacre somebody's name. Oh, well, yeah. So she said she feels like part of the family now. <whistles> oh. Krista <laughs> is like chipping away at Can this you table. you see how this is taped? I yes. mean,
1: I mean, great job taping this, but I feel like I'm never going to get it open. All right. I'm just going to start tearing at it. Ooh, look at that.
0: Like a knife through butter. Or tape. Or tape. <laughs> oh,
1: let's see. I feel like there's something we're forgetting to talk about, but I can't think of what it is right now.
0: Well, we're quitting the show Oh that We'll bring that up Nobody At the end Nobody cares about that
1: Oh I did <laughs> Speaking of Xander I wanted to also Give their show a shout out I listened to their episodes This is Xander and Stone It's Basically a paranormal And science podcast They actually incorporate A lot of science into it But they They just did an episode On the black eyed kids And it was really good I love their approach to it
0: so I gotta listen it to out. it you... Once Once Now I'm actually gonna start Getting out walking My podcast oh. listening Is gonna go up Oh, I see. We've we got a note.
1: Oh, oh, wow. There's so much stuff in here. It's crazy. Just grab one thing at random. Don't look I know. at everything well, else. Well, here. Read the note. Okay. <clears throat> Don't
0: peek in there at anything else.
1: But anyway, if you're looking for something to listen to in between ours, I mean, they've got like Black Eyed Kids. They talk about Ouija boards. They talk about uh, Mothman, all that stuff. I just said that like I'm from New York. <laughs> they talk about Mothman, you know? Here, take this before I hurt
0: myself. Krista said that she looked at her iTunes reviews and like the bad ones are pretty much just because of our... Accents. Our accents and our band They don't like the banter at the beginning of the yeah, episode. Yeah, but we have
1: like 270 or something reviews yeah. and they're like average four and a half stars. So I'm feeling pretty good about that. And I'm also okay. not going to read anymore.
0: Dear Krista and Kurt, First of all, I want to wish you two a happy 2021. I hope your year will be as good as it can be. Heart. She's so sweet. The candy marked with a pink piece of paper may contain nuts so kurt eat at your own expense the things with hazelnuts are taped together for krista
1: she puts so much effort into this (laughs)
0: she says she has food notes by that and she has letter love i appreciate both of you so much the work you put into making the strange sessions for us strangers out here there is truly amazing and i want to thank you for that both of you seem so kind and warm-hearted and i have fallen in a friendly love with you and your and your podcast that's so sweet
2: thank you my god
0: your pod quickly became one of the top three of my favorite pods, only beaten by the Swedish podcast Creepy Potter or Creepy Podden, a creepy podcast who focuses on scary stories and myths, which okay. is kind of what we do. Mm-hmm. I'm a big knitting, sewing, and crocheting hoe, and I love to listen <laughs> and watch things while crafting. So, your podcast has been an all day, every day the last couple weeks. To keep my sanity and depressed mind at bay and calm. Oh, we're sending you a hug. Yeah. And I love going back to episodes. I find extra fascinating to listen to again and again. I hope this gift finds you well and I can't wait to keep listening. Lots of love from Beath. Heart, stay strange. That is so so sweet. Sweet. Thank you so much.
1: And to send this all the way from Norway. You don't understand how many things are in here. It was like the box you got from (laughs) your friend with all the like Asian or Chinese or whatever it was. Yep. This is jam-packed full of goodies.
0: Uh, So we're going to be good for a little while. So
1: how do we... (laughs) Yeah. Okay. The candy marked, which this is, this has nuts in it. So how do we determine if it's safe for you? We... The iPhone has some translate thing on it. Can we figure out if it has one of your three... uh... The things with hazelnuts in are taped together for Krista. I don't think that's one of them because that's...
0: (laughs) It just says... Like it has the ingredients... And it just says may contain nuts, but it looks like nuts aren't in it. So I say we give it a shot.
1: So it would say,
0: (laughs) yeah, because you can see the English ingredients are on it, and there's nothing about nuts. But it says may contain nuts.
1: Cocoa butter, emulsifier, flavoring. So it was probably prepared in a facility that also. So I say
0: let's try that, and then we have stuff from Rhonda. So okay. we'll try both candies.
1: So, do you want to try pronouncing that?
0: Mecca Harter. Sure. Melka Har- Harter. Melka Harter. Melka Means and chocolate has, heart.
1: Okay. Sure. I think. And it ha- does have a picture of a chocolate heart. Okay, not? so maybe that's and why. And some cows. <laughs> so.
0: be you are awesome, and we yeah, love you. Is, Thank you so my much. God.
1: she left the sweetest comment then on because I posted yeah. the picture of the box. Yep. And just how we've created such an amazing community. Yes. And I said, no, you guys created the community. We're just lucky to be here. We're a part just the schmucks that run the podcast. Oh, no kidding. Look at it, it's little <sighs> chocolate hearts. So it's telling me I need to peel from this corner. I'm going to do that. Okay, hold on. I got to take pictures. I'm getting so distracted <laughs> I'm excited that I forgot to take a picture. Beat seriously. Thank you so I much. I forgot to do something. Okay. Yes, thank you. Uh, seriously, I just, people, we love you. Ready? Ready. Ooh, oh, there's a whole bunch. Look at all the little hearts.
0: I'm just gonna take a little piece in case there are nuts in it.
1: It just smells uh, like chocolate. Yeah, I
0: don't think there is.
1: I mean, I bet anything you buy, like yeah, it's s- gonna s- say may contain tro- uh, nuts if you know. Okay, sorry, I gotta take a picture. Okay, ready?
2: Ready. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm.
0: That's really good. <laughs> Dang. That is really good chocolate. They
1: make really good chocolate over there.
0: No nuts. Mm. Give me Mm-mm. another one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you basically just ate the bottom of that one heart. Oh, my gosh. This is so good. Oh. Mm.
0: That is seriously. Come on. That is amazing chocolate.
1: Yes, it is. Mm. Mm. Wow.
0: I'm excited. <laughs> it's so
1: like smooth creamy. and creamy. Mm. Wow! I'm really
0: excited to get more into the box of goodies.
1: You have to take some of this home.
0: Oh, I will. Okay. <laughs> thank you so much, wow. B. We just started on your package. That is so And good. we are off to a, I think, 10 out of 10. Yeah, we're that's 10 perfect. out of 10. We're we forgetting to, to rate our... I know. We forget a lot. <laughs> surprised we even remember to get together half the time <laughs> to record an episode.
1: Like, we don't go five months without forgetting.
0: But B, we love you. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, we love you and thank you so much. And this one that is mm. I put in a garlic pill... Container. Kurt promised me we're not tasting garlic I said garlic we're not taste <laughs> testing garlic tablets, but it was the only empty container I had at home. This is from Rhonda. She sent it to me inter-school mail okay. a little while that's ago. Fun. And I was going to bring them last time and I forgot. I've been wanting to try them, but I said I'd wait for us. And they are Lemon Crisp Kit Kats.
1: <gasps> oh, I miss. So- okay. Because I, I love lemon. Love, well, I love Kit Kats. Yeah, I love Kit like, Kats,
0: but I love stuff that's like lemon flavored.
1: I do too. Okay, I got to say This is so cute.
0: Thank you, Rhonda. So many,
1: we love you, Rhonda We love you, too. By the way, yeah, my iPhone takes way better pictures than my old camera, but I prefer the blurry <laughs> photos yeah, of me don't, over we, the you iPhone. You don't want to know
0: how many pictures we had to take of us before Krista would <laughs> am, give it the over. I am now a diva. She would sign off on it. Okay, ready? Ready.
1: I have to take a picture I'm of the I'm excited because Kit-Kat. I love
0: lemon-flavored things, and I love Kit Kats. I love Kit Kats,
1: too. We watch um, Bon Appetit channel. Because we got rid of cable
0: mm.
1: and there's a Bon Appetit channel, and they went through this exhaustive process of recreating Kit Kats. <sighs> oh, smell it. It smells really good. Oh, it smells so good. Okay, ready? Yep.
0: Mm.
2: Mm. Mm.
1: Oh my God.
0: That is good. That is amazing. It's not overwhelmingly lemony.
1: Mm-hmm. No, it's white chocolate with just like a hint of lemon. <laughs> it's really oh, good. Oh my God. <sighs> Wow, two amazing chocolate I'm gonna say taste another. Ask. I'm gonna
0: say another ten out of ten mm-hmm. because that's perfect. It's the perfect wow. amount of lemon flavor. Oh my gosh! Holy moly! You can have this. There's one left in there.
1: No, you love it so much. You no, have I have video. more at home. Oh, okay.
0: Oh, Krista is giving me. I just me the... gave
1: him like the. Never mind. Anyway. <laughs> oh dang,
0: we're spoiled. Holy cow! Thanks, you guys. <sighs> All these good taste tests we had just meant we're going to get a real bad one yeah. at some point. I hope Coleman didn't send anything nasty. I mean, there's
1: likely to be something gross in here. <laughs> there's a whole box full of stuff. Yeah,
0: but I don't think Beath would do us like that.
1: No, but maybe I just don't like something that's That's in true. There. There's probably nothing fish flavored.
0: I hope not fish chocolates. Ooh. Are you ready to jump into this episode? Let's dive in. Um I originally was going to do something completely different, but I had a really bad week. And I'm like, you know what? I don't want to do that. He's going
1: to hit the easy button. (laughs) I'm going to hit the easy button.
0: So this time we are sticking close to home Mm -hmm. and we are doing a Strange State series episode on Wisconsin cryptids and creatures.
1: So exciting. We
0: usually, when we do the strange states, we usually do five cryptids and five haunted locations, but we're going to split the Wisconsin one into two separate episodes. So this one is like cryptids and creatures. And later this season, we'll probably do haunted locations around Wisconsin. Cool. But like I said, I wanted to just stick around at home and just wanted to kind of do a fun episode because I've been in a lousy mood. So yeah.
1: And it's your show and you can do what you want. It's our show. It's our baby. It's our little love child. It's
0: our little love child. (laughs) Oh man, as always, I start with a couple facts. I did facts of these areas are going to be familiar to us. So I did facts about that with one random fact at the end. Fact number one, we've talked about this, I believe, on the podcast, Soviet satellite Sputnik-4 fell out of orbit in 1962, and while most of it burned up on re-entry, a 20-pound chunk of debris crashed to the ground in Manitowoc, Wisconsin. The original piece of Sputnik was returned to the Soviets, but the RAR West Art Museum has a replica of it on display, and Manitowoc celebrates Sputnik Fest each September.
1: And Kurt actually took me to the museum Yeah, and showed me the replica in the basement. Yes, I did. And the little thing on the street.
0: I love the the RAR West Art Museum. It's a really cool museum. Yeah, it really is. They have a lot of really good art actually on display
1: i love historical stuff too like
0: they do they have like a room that's like all old dolls yeah and stuff so it's just it's like it's great i don't want to spend the (laughs) night in there but it's cool to see it
1: it is cool it's just a
0: great museum and right outside there is the street where it has the ring in the middle of the street where yep. the piece of sputnik actually hit it's so cool. so other than Stephen avery that's what manitowoc <laughs> is kind of famous for is the piece of sputnik and sputnik fest i've never been to like sophie and adam really want to come back here and go to sputnik fest but you what, know what
1: happens at sputnik fest
0: it's just like a random fest you know we have a fest for everything in wisconsin tent. yeah and uh there's, you know, we have the cow, the big cow. I know you saw the big mm-hmm. cow when you were in Manitowoc mm-hmm. outside Cedar Crest, mm-hmm. but every year they dress it up for Sputnik Fest. Like one year it had like a Martian helmet I've on. I've seen it dressed up, yeah. actually. <laughs> had okay. With a cape on and glasses. And, yeah. Yep. Interesting. So fact number two, what do you, where do you think is it dubbed Malibu of the Midwest? Sheboygan. Do you know that?
1: Yeah, because it's the freshwater surfing capital that? of the world.
0: Freshwater surfers know Sheboygan, Wisconsin <laughs> as the Malibu of the Midwest. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised there's you tournament. knew
1: that. Oh, there's tournaments every year.
0: Peak surf season, however, mm-hmm. takes place between September and March. Yeah, And I know that because one of the times I was coming down here to do the podcast, or I was down here for something. Maybe it was geocaching with Aaron, but it was like chilly out. Mm-hmm. And we're looking and we're like, are those surfers? Crazy. or Because it, it, it had to be like 40
1: a day like today they're probably out there because it's probably there's probably good waves and
0: i never knew that until that day that aaron and i were like are those people surfing (laughs) (laughs) in sheboygan Uh so yeah i did i was i honestly did not think you were going to know that malibu in the midwest (laughs) sheboygan wisconsin Mm -hmm. uh we
1: do have a beautiful um lakefront the beaches here why not manitowoc
0: though what's the difference Maybe it's the way that the lake is positioned. I think so, and there's there's like good waves.
1: Yeah, and I think it has to do with like the topography of the under the water.
0: It's probably some tasty waves.
1: (laughs) Hang ten, bro. (laughs) (laughs) I think that was from Fast Times at Ridgemont Nice,
0: but yeah, I'm surprised you knew that Malibu the Midwest. You guys want to surf? Come here in March. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we'll get out there with you.
1: It might be like twelve below, but whatever. Chris and I
0: will wax up our boards (laughs) and get out there with you. (laughs) That's Fact great. number 3, the first ever ice cream sundae was served in Two Rivers, Wisconsin in 1881. You can stop in for a sweet treat at the birthplace itself at the Washington House. Hmm. And I have never been there. Really? I'm I'm if it's a we day that I'm not trip. working, I'm in Two Rivers all the time because I love Two Rivers. Like mm-hmm. if I have to go To get something, I'll go to Walgreens and Two Rivers. If I have to go to a McDonald's, I'll go to McDonald's and Two Rivers. It is. It's a really cute little town. But I have never been to the Washington house where the ice cream sundae was born.
1: Now, if you're from Two Rivers, it's pronounced...
0: Trivers. Trivers. Yep. Just T... Trivers. Yeah. Just T-R-I-V-E-R-S. (laughs) Trivers. (laughs) Trivers. two or three you stopped two or three times a couple two three times a couple two three times the stop and go light in Trevor's. it's right there right there but uh, <laughs> so maybe sometime we should go there and just have a we sunday should. that i think that would be cool because i'm i drive past it all the time when i go to miranda's house it can be and like i just a have never test. stopped in there mm. it's ice cream fun sunday. fact number four and this kind of blew me away i mean it shouldn't because i kind of know this but i was like wow During autumn, winter, and spring, the population of Door County, Wisconsin, is around 28,000 people. However, in summer, the population explodes by 10 times the number of year-round residents, reaching as high as over 250,000 people.
1: That doesn't surprise me at all.
0: No, because I've been in Door County in summer. it's a ghost town in the winter. In winter, it's a ghost town, but in summer, it's like... Bumper-to-bumper bumper traffic. Yep. And it it floors it's it's me. It's so beautiful. Yeah, like, like Door County is our... They
1: call it the Cape Cod of it's the It's our best. Cape Cod. Yeah.
0: Like, all little shops, quaint little shops. And waterfront. Waterfront. Beautiful, beautiful state parks. Mm-hmm.
1: Where our honeymoon was. That's where. Mine and yours, mine and
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's where Aaron and Nicole's wedding was up there. And it was just so cool. We ate at Fuzzy's? Yes. Yes, Yes. like on the waterfront? Yeah. Yeah. It's on the bay. Yeah, it's on the bay. You know, I think we saw a fish boil.
1: So, those who don't know, if you look at Wisconsin, it's shaped like a hand, sort of, and the thumb. Is Door County. So it's got the Green Bay on one side and Lake Michigan yeah, on the other. Yeah, it's so the part that no juts into go, the lake. It's like surrounded by and water. it's
0: just beautiful up there. You can go to it Washington really is. Island, spend the night on Washington Island, and there's actually supposedly cryptids on Washington Island, but mm-hmm. I didn't include them in this because there wasn't a ton.
1: I've been to Washington Island. But
0: one thing that I didn't know until I was researching this when I was looking up stuff was that there's a bar in Washington Island where you can join the Bitters Club, mm-hmm. where you do a shot of Angostura Bitters.
1: I saw that on um, Wisconsin Foodie.
0: yeah. Because I, I haven't had one in a while, but an old fashioned, Mm. I love old, like that's like the Wisconsin is the brandy old fashioned (laughs) and they put bitters in there, Mm -hmm. you know, so I know what bitters taste like. I just don't know if I could do a full shot of bitters, but so yeah, that just surprised me that in summer there's 10 times the amount of people there. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Wow. I prefer to go slightly off season. Like you like May. to go in fall, so you in can fall see the leaves is stunning. Yeah,
0: like everybody goes there in fall to see the it's leaves. So changing. amazing, but yeah. you
1: have to go slightly after fall because yeah, it, unless you're really into bumper to bumper traffic. Maybe
0: and... when we hit the big time, we'll have like a meet up here in Wisconsin, and then we can take strangers to Door County, take them to Sheboygan, take them to Manitowoc, get an ice cream Sunday.
1: That'd be awesome.
0: I'll keep that in mind for when we hit the big time. Okay. Uh, and fun fact number five: just a piece of trivia. Do you know what fictional character hails from the town of Willows, Wisconsin? Because I did not know this. No. Barbie. What? Yep. Like the doll? Barbie the doll hails from the fictional town of Willows, Wisconsin. What? Yep. And I never knew that. I never knew Barbie was from Wisconsin. Yeah.
1: Interesting. We have some famous people that are from Wisconsin, too. Yeah,
0: we do. We have quite a few famous Mm -hmm. people that are from Wisconsin. But Barbie Barbie. grew up in Willows, Wisconsin. Can I just say I was
1: never a Barbie person?
0: No, but I people that are Barbie people are hardcore Barbie yeah. people.
1: I was not one of those people.
0: No. My cousins used to have really like Barbie dolls. and Ken's, and Corey and I would just laugh because we'd pull their heads off and switch them, and that was like <laughs> the height of hilarity for us when we were kids. <laughs>
1: like Barbie would have Ken's head? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. great. <laughs> that's,
0: that's funny. Was, I guess it is still funny. It doesn't have to just be kids. It is still kind you of funny. started a little. I did snort a so little. Funny. But okay, those are some facts about this area Fun and facts. about Barbie. And we'll have more fun facts when we do the haunted areas. So we're gonna jump into Wisconsin cryptids and strange creatures and whatnot.
1: And what not. And
0: whatnot. So number ten, we had to start with this one There's because ten? Yeah. Wow. I I picked ten of them. Dang. Some not they're not some are legends. I mean, some are fake. Some are funny. Sure. Some are obviously urban legends, yep. but I picked ten of them. Okay. So number 10, we had to start with this one because I love this story, and I believe someone else referenced this once in a post or or a comment on a post, but that is Joe Simonton's Aliens. And I think that's how his last name is pronounced. It's Simon T-O-N-S. So I think it's Simonton's.
1: I think I know what this is about, but we'll, we'll see.
0: Joe Simonton's Aliens. Most of this is taken directly from Chad Lewis's awesome book, The Wisconsin Road Guide to Mysterious Creatures, which I check out from our library, like on a constant basis because i really like the book
1: my parents went to see him do a talk he does talks in gangsters. manitowoc he did talks
0: in manitowoc but yeah. we just couldn't go for some mm-hmm. reason and that i think eric orheim went to see him at the th- library and i couldn't go that night for some reason hmm. but if i know comes,
1: strangers have posted about it
0: yeah but he could, chad lewis comes quite a bit to manitowoc so i'd really like to see him one of these times or he should come and meet me <laughs>
1: It's probably like, man, I'd love to meet that. I'd love to meet Kirk Knechny, Knechny, Knechny sometime.
0: <laughs> in the town of Eagle River, Wisconsin, just before noon on Tuesday, April 18th, 1961, chicken farmer Joe Simonton heard a strange sound coming from his backyard. He went out to investigate and discovered a strange saucer-shaped craft in his yard. According to Lewis's book, quote, The strange-looking saucer was about 12 feet from top to bottom and approximately 30 feet in diameter. The outside of the saucer was a gleaming silver that was said to be brighter than chrome. The Stevens Point Daily Journal reported that instead of landing, the object appeared to hover over the ground. Simonton could see that it had exhaust pipes that were six to seven inches in diameter. So, spaceship in his backyard, his chicken farm. As Simonton got closer to the craft, a hatch opened, and a human-looking being came out of the craft holding what looked like a silver jug of some kind. Simonton knew, perhaps through telepathic communication, that the being was asking for the jug to be filled up with water. At this point, Simonton could see inside the craft, and he described it as being a dull black on the inside with several types of instrument panels around the interior. Two other figures were also seen inside the craft. I
1: was thinking maybe he wanted to borrow sugar.
0: (laughs) No, but he wants water, he'll see what for. Okay. The Eau Claire Daily Telegram wrote, quote, all of the men were said to be about 5 feet tall, looked to weigh about 125 pounds, and were clean-shaven. How many were there? I think, I think the two inside the craft and the one that was peeking out like, okay. yo, I need some water. I okay. think it was three of them. <laughs> so they were all about funny. 5 feet tall, 125 pounds, and were clean-shaven. Simonton said that the three men appeared to be, quote, Italian-looking, and, here we go, that one of the beings inside the craft was cooking pancakes over some kind of stove. Simonson brought the bu- <laughs> Simonson brought the jug into the house, filled it with water, and brought it back to the ship, handing it back to the being that had waited outside the craft. The being took the water into the craft, came back out, and handed three pancakes to Simonton before going back inside the craft. The hatch closed, and the Oshkosh Daily Northwestern paper wrote that the ship, quote, flew off at a 45-degree angle with a swoosh that bowed nearby pine trees. So, Yeah.
1: The pancakes are what get me. Yeah. Italian-looking dudes making pancakes. Yeah.
0: So. I mean, that's... It's
1: just so strange. It, that's like a, It's almost so weird. Why would they make that up? Like...
0: I, I don't know. But, uh, yeah. It's just like when I read this, like, it would blow everybody's mind if, like, contact was made. And it turns out they're just, like, dudes flying around having brunch and just, like... Ran out of water. Ran out of water for their space pancakes. <laughs> you know? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Okay. So taken directly from Lewis's book, quote... After the sighting, Simonton was left with three peculiar pancakes. For the most part, these odd alien cakes looked a lot like poorly shaped regular pancakes. The cakes measured about three to four inches in diameter, one eighth inch thick, and were perforated with tiny holes. With his curiosity getting the better of them, Simonton ate one of the pancakes. Quote, it tasted like cardboard, he told the Associated Press.
1: See, they should have borrowed sugar.
0: <laughs> they should have. <laughs> the other two pancakes were given to Vilas County, or is it Vilas? Vilas County. Oh, no I idea. think Vilas County Judge Frank Carter, who was an avid UFO enthusiast. Carter sent the cakes to the National Investigations Committee on Aerial Phenomena or Kneecap for testing. Initially, the committee expressed doubts as to the validity to Simonton's story and refused to analyze the pancakes. Later, noted UFO researcher and possible Bet Sphere stealer J. Allen Hynek, had the cakes analyzed.
1: Nice Bet Sphere res- reference. Uh, one of your still, favorites.
0: I love the Bet Sphere. You know that's one of my favorite stories. The tests showed that the cakes were simply made out of flour, sugar, and grease. Many conspiracy theorists, however, believe that the real findings of the pancakes are classified and a more mundane report was the one given out. So there you go. Hmm. There are the Wisconsin space pancakes. On an awesome website called fantasymerchant.com, in an April 11th, 2020 article called, quote, The Aliens Brought Pancakes, The Joe Simonton UFO Mystery, the article says, Okay, here are four possible broad explanations for the pancake mystery. Number one, Simonton carried out a deliberate hoax, regardless of what Hynek, Wilson, and other UFO researchers suggest. Number two, Simonton sincerely believed aliens gave him the pancakes, but had some sort of psychotic episode or was perhaps under the influence of some sort of intoxicant. He hallucinated the UFO and the aliens, and maybe, in a fugue state, snatched a pile of pancakes off the windowsill of nice Mrs. O'Leary down the lane. Number three, somebody of decidedly human origin deliberately pranked Mr. Simonton. Perhaps some local teenager's pulling an elaborate prank, or some sort of psychological-slash-propaganda experiment controlled by scientists, the government, Russian agents, the Bavarian Illuminati, etc., and number Bavarian
1: Four Illuminati. yeah number
0: four, something just really weird happened to Joe Simonton. The article goes on to say we can simplify the above list in such a way that it might assist us in the evaluation of all sorts of other explained and bizarre phenomena. number one, liar, number two, crazy, number three, duped, and number four, weird crap, <laughs> <So> <laughs>
1: weird I, crap, so I
0: think that's a good mm-hmm. summary It's a good summary, so that is the case of the space pancakes,
1: okay, what's your verdict?
0: I don't know. <laughs> I, from
1: all, everybody's accounts
0: the strange. guy didn't want to even talk about it mm. and and the, the judge even is like what is he going to get from this other than ridicule you know why right. is he he's coming forward and what, what's the motive if it's a hoax he's not getting money for it he's not he's going to get bombarded with people laughing at him but he how would someone
1: else hoax it either like like if you really saw a ship take off in his backyard, know. how would you I hoax know that?
0: I don't know unless I just he did have like a weird really psychotic break. But yeah. the pic- there's a picture in the teaser that I'm going to put up right after we record this. There's a picture of him holding the pancake.
1: Oh, you showed me the teaser. I didn't yeah. even notice pancakes. I'll show. I'll show you. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. I want to see these misshapen pancakes that taste like cardboard. They probably forgot the vanilla extract.
0: Oh. It's, <laughs> it's just a weird little pancake. Hmm
1: interesting but yeah
0: so there you go hmm. and i i, I never heard i'm not 100 sure but i think there's like even a festival a fest for that okay i think they have a fest for joe simonton's pancake loving aliens
1: i hope they make better tasting pancakes for it would just photo. be so cool if
0: like you found out that's what aliens were just chill dudes <laughs> flying around making <laughs> right. breakfast no threat know. to us and like the whole uh prime directive don't interfere don't don't make your presence known to a so you know, a, a different planet doesn't mm-hmm. doesn't, doesn't really, apply here. Doesn't apply if you need
1: if you ran out of water, <laughs> water for your pancakes,
0: for your, your space cakes, I guess. <laughs> your space cakes. So there we go. <laughs> Number nine, the rock throwing gnomes of Holy Cross Road. This is from the town of Fifield, Wisconsin. If you drive along the quiet, do you, is that did I pronounce that right?
1: Fifield. Fifield. I don't know. Fifield. I haven't heard. I think of it's it.
0: Fifield. It's F-I-F-I-E-L-D. Fife. Fife. Yep. If you drive along the quiet country Holy Cross Road, you will come to train tracks that cross the road. Legends say that decades ago a mother was returning home with her young children when her car died on the railroad tracks as a train was approaching. The Why train does hit this always happened. I don't know. This <laughs> is like so in every strange. urban legend. Like every town has this urban yeah. legend of a train hitting a car. That just
1: died. That just dies exactly on the train track. Tracks.
0: The train hit the car, of course, and the women and her woman and her children were killed. Today, it said if you stop your car on these tracks at night, the ghosts of the mother and the children will push your car and cause it to roll off the tracks to help you avoid their fate.
1: Yes, every town. Sometimes it's yep, a school bus. But that it's always had, like if you yeah, stop it on there, you're going to get you see fingerprints on the back You're going to get see fingerprints.
0: We talked mm-hmm. about that in another episode. Mm-hmm. But that's not the only strange thing about that section of road. Next to the train tracks is a small wooded area. People who visit that area at night say that they hear strange rustling sounds coming from that patch of woods and that they see small shadows moving around in the dark in that area. It's said that if you are there at night and throw a rock into this woods, the rock will be thrown back at you. It's said that several people have seen the creatures as they throw the rock back and they are described as being two to four feet tall and wearing strange clothing. Hmm. It's also said that if you do throw a rock into these trees, you will be cursed by the gnomes for lifetime. Whether any of this is true or not, people who do visit the area at night report hearing weird sounds and feeling like they are being watched and that they are not welcome there.
1: Hmm. Do you you know where in Wisconsin this is? I
0: believe it's like up north. Okay. Up north. Yeah. I
1: feel like we should explore some of these. I thought about that when I'm doing this. It would be like
0: so cool for us to like do a road trip.
1: Yeah, that would be amazing actually. Oh, it's up there. It's way up there cool. Yeah. That's like right in the middle of the like kind of a, of a It's kind of up
0: near where my friend Jim's uh, family's cottage is.
1: Oh, we even have a place to stay. Yeah, we just we invited crash ourselves. There.
0: We just invited ourselves. Hope, hope they're okay with that. Thanks. But people, there are, I was reading reports that people say they do. See weird things there at night and hear weird things at night. Uh, one of the ones I read, somebody said they could hear like giggling, like high pitched giggling. Oh hell no! So, <laughs> so people say that stuff does happen there. I didn't really see any reports from anybody that said they threw a rock and the rock was thrown back at them. Hmm. So, but
1: I mean, it's kind of a creepy idea.
0: Uh, at this point, I don't really buy the whole. Stopping your car on the train tracks. No, because, <laughs> because that every exists city, in every town. Yeah, yes. every city has that urban legend. But I, th- I found the rock throwing gnomes really interesting. Yeah. Number eight, and this is one that shows up a lot on lists of weird Wisconsin stuff the Phantom Chickens of Chicken Alley. This comes from the town of Seymour, Wisconsin. And that's like, is that near that's, us? I
1: think that, oh, I thought that was way up north. Oh, actually. that's way up north
0: too? We don't have, <laughs> we don't don't have a lot of weirdness near us. No. This comes from the town of Seymour, Wisconsin. Chicken Alley is a short country road that has quite a few legends attached to it. One of the legends about it says that the actual street sign has been said to vanish right in front of people's eyes. Sometimes it's the sign itself, and sometimes it's both the sign and the signpost. Another legend is the mysterious light. This comes again from Chad Lewis's book, "The Wisconsin Road Guide to Mysterious Creatures." Is
1: he from Wisconsin? Yeah, I, th- okay. I believe so. I didn't know if he just kind of, did but there's other for every ones. State. Our public
0: library has the Wisconsin one. It has the Minnesota one. It has the Michigan one, and I think it has the Illinois one. Are they all by the him? I- yes, I believe okay. so. So this comes maybe right he's from, just from the yeah area? from the Midwest. I'm yeah, guessing, okay. but this comes from his book. "Quote: Numerous visitors have reported seeing the faint light of an approaching snowmobile coming towards them." As the machine speeds closer, witnesses report that they can actually hear the revving sounds of the engine, and they can make out the outline of the snowmobile and the driver as the approaching vehicle's headlight gets bright. However, just as the snowmobile gets within the range of identifying its operator, it simply vanishes into thin air. To make matters even more complicated, I have received many sightings of the Phantom snowmobiles in the heart of the summer. Many who have seen the light claim that it possesses a more sinister motive and that the light seems to be under the control of some kind of intelligence. (laughs) So that's creepy. Another legend is if that you are alone in that area at night and go stand in the middle of the road, the angry voice of an unseen man will be heard yelling, quote, get out of the road. And if you do not immediately follow his instructions, you will be cursed with bad luck for the rest of your life.
1: Lots of bad luck and cursing happening.
0: Yeah, yeah. Gnomes
1: and, are cursing people. And
0: finally, many travelers down the road at night have had an unusual encounter. It's said that when they are driving down the road, out of nowhere, a huge group of chickens will dart out of the dark woods and run directly into the road in front of their vehicle. Witnesses say that the chickens look strangely transparent, and when they stop their car to look for any damages or any dead chickens, there are no traces of anything. No chickens, no blood, no damage, etc. It's just a ghostly flock of chickens. weird. (laughs) I know. I know. Hmm. Yeah, you're
1: stuck in chicken purgatory. Or that something? sounds
0: like typical Wisconsin. Like, sure does. Like we're haunted by chickens, chickens. by a flock of ghostly yep. chickens. But that's another big one that you can <laughs> see a lot of stuff about online. Okay. And that area has like the the a lot of people said that they did hear the voice of a man yelling "Get out of the road!" if they stand in the road at night.
1: Maybe it's because his chickens got hit.
0: It could be. He's probably <laughs> mad about his chickens, right? <laughs> you know, maybe maybe the aliens came and got those eggs for their pancakes. You <sighs> never know.
1: We're making some real connections we are making, here.
0: Yeah, we, are, I'm gonna, we need to make a book.
1: <laughs> We're going to have one of those maps. We're going to have one of those, yeah, with all like, the <laughs> that string attached.
0: So the phantom chickens and the pancake loving aliens, cakes. <laughs> the space cakes, <laughs> might be, might be We're a thing. on to something. Might be a thing. Number seven is the Devil's Lake Monster. Hmm. Uh, one of my friends from work, uh, she's one of the guidance counselors. She's actually, I asked her what she was doing over or spring break this week, and she's going to Devil's Lake. And I'm like, I'm so jealous so because I've never been to Devil's mm. Lake. I have never been there. And it looks gorgeous. So she's going to let me know how it is. But I say, yeah, I was actually just kind of researching Devil's Lake. This is from an October 8, 2010 article on Cryptopia.com. Quote, one of the earliest legends involving the creature of Devil's Lake revolves around a Native American Indian chief who assembled an expedition of young warriors to go on a late night hunting trip on the fauna fertile lands across the lake. The full moon reflected off the night blackened waters as the young men and their leader slipped their canoe into the water and began the late night trek. Suddenly I almost said something wrong. Suddenly a flurry of tentacles ripped through the surf. <laughs> Do you Tusticles? know what I know? Yeah. <laughs> Suddenly a flurry of tentacles ripped through the surf, capsizing the canoe and pulling the thrashing, terrified men beneath the brackish water. Although no one survived this ill-fated expedition, their screams alerted fellow tribesmen who rushed onto the beach and were able to bear witness to this horrific event in grisly detail due to the moon's lingering glow. The surviving warriors of the tribe, in order to pay homage to their fallen brethren, as well as appease what they believed to be the demon of the lake, held a festival every year during which gifts and animal sacrifices were thrown into the water.
1: Could explain why the water's so haunted.
0: Yeah, the tradition continues to this day. Although nowadays the annual event is treated more along the lines of an annual picnic that celebrates tribal legends and traditions, rather than throwing animals into the water. Good. It's kind of like a fest. It's like a okay, you know, it's, it's like probably a, a beer tent. It is Wisconsin, probably a beer tent, but it's it's a it is a like a picnic type thing. Okay. The article also says, quote, "When the first Christian missionaries arrived on the shore of Devils Lake, they were greeted by the Nakota tribe who told them about yet another creature that was revealed in the year of the great drought. The Nakotas remained near the swiftly drying lake not only because it was the only water source for miles, but also because the animals upon which they fed were forced to expose themselves in order to drink, providing the tribe with an ample and relatively simple to hunt food source." As the summer progressed, the lake grew smaller and smaller until it eventually became two lakes, separated only by a shallow strip of mud which ran through the center. One morning, the Nakotas awoke to find what they described as a huge fish-like creature, which they referred to as Hakua, trapped on the narrow, muddy strip of the exposed lake bed. The tribe watched as the apparently amphibious animal, which they described as having a large body, long neck, and small head, much like the other prototypical lake monsters such as Champ or the Loch Ness monster, thrashed and writhed in an effort to free itself from its drying perch for days. Aww, I know. I would have went out and given it a push. Oh well, yeah. Eventually, the animal was able to free itself and presumably made its way back into the deeper portion of the lake. Also, since the 1970s, people camping at the park have reported hearing noises and seeing strange Bigfoot-like creatures creeping around the campground at mm. night. So, yeah,
1: we better go camping. We're
0: gonna go. Okay, we gotta we gotta do a Wisconsin road trip. We visit really all should. these places. But there are reports of people seeing what they say is a lake monster, and then there's, of course, a couple pictures that are taken really far away, and it looks like a log floating <laughs> in the water. Right. Well, yeah, but but there is a. a Apparently, a lot of paranormal activity also at Devil's Lake, and that kind of ties yeah, in I've with the that. with the missing 411 stuff, right? right. Where there's they been talked some about weird stuff going but on, but the, where they talked about how a lot of these missing 411 cases take place at some place that's Near named like no, like Devil, oh, or, Devil, yeah, or or right, Hell right. or right. Devil mm-hmm. that a lot or cursed. Like a lot of them have a lot of weird things happen at them, and there, there's a like there's a reason it was named Devil's Lake, you mm-hmm. know, because something weird always happen there
1: it would be really cool and this is just a side note because <laughs> there's a state park everywhere i mean there's so many state parks in wisconsin yeah. i'm sure we can always find one adjacent to one of these places yeah and get in a campsite with electricity <laughs> this equipment is extremely portable we could record an episode like kind of on. we site. should that really so we fun. really should do that sometime. and it'd be fun to have local strangers who are in the area like yeah like coleman yeah, like
0: coleman that'd or somebody so come fun. visit us
1: yeah that'd be so cool that would be I said, maybe people (laughs) settle (laughs) down.
0: We'll jot that down. Yeah. Because that would be awesome. It would be. Like, I would love to see some of these places. I would love to see Devil's Lake.
1: There's so much of Wisconsin I've never seen. I mean, I've been to Devil's Lake specifically, but there's so much of Wisconsin I've never seen. Like, I've never been
0: up to see those lights.
1: Yeah. Well that's in
0: Michigan. <laughs> oh, but isn't that northern Wisconsin? <laughs>
1: yeah, you have to go through like my neck of the woods where I grew up and yeah. through Marinette and through I think But I'd Monami. like to see that. We gotta yeah. do a Wisconsin road Even trip though we of kinda, haunted. We feel it's debunked. I would still like to see it. I'd still it. like to see it with my own eyes. Yeah, agreed.
0: Number six, the Cumberland Beast. Cumberland. An August 19th, 2018 article on the Pine Barrens Institute, and it came to this one a lot. The Pine Barrens Institute website is really, really good. The Pine Barrens. The Pine Barrens Institute website called, quote, Cryptid Profile, the Cumberland Beast, a.k.a. Wisconsin's Bigfoot. So this is right up your alley.
1: Yes. What is the name of the beast? The Cumberland Beast. Cumberland Beast, okay.
0: Wisconsin... This comes right from the awesome Pine Barrens Institute website. Quote, Wisconsin has a total land area of 34.7 million acres, and 16 million of those total acres are covered in forest, mostly the northern half of the state. Anybody that's been in northern Wisconsin knows that it's wooded, very wooded. Mm -hmm. This means that 46% of the state is a potential home for a Sasquatch to live in, and it appears that, Chris is all excited, (laughs) and it appears that it already does as eyewitnesses report as eyewitness reports of the beast trickle out of the dairy State as frequently as reports of Badgerland Lake monsters. One such location for frequent sightings of a Bigfoot Lake creature is in the city of Cumberland, located in Barron County. For decades, residents of this 4.4 square mile city have told of their encounters of a creature that possesses the stereotypical characteristics of a Sasquatch. Large frame, strong build, putrid smell, and covered in hair. Sightings of the creature go so far back that even the local Native American St. Croix tribe tells stories of an encounter that took place generations ago. The story goes that one day, a large hairy creature that the tribe referred to as the Screeching Demon Oh, <laughs> that want sounds ever, delightful. I don't want to, if we do our Wisconsin road trip, I don't we'll want to run that into that the one, Screeching <laughs> Demon. A large hairy creature that the tribe referred to as the Screeching Demon wandered into a St. Croix camp and frightened members of the tribe so badly that many feared for their lives. Eventually, a group of women protecting their children drove the beast away. Good for you, girls. Go, girls. Hell yeah. The protective mothers grabbed whatever objects were around them, mostly brooms, and proceeded to swat at and beat the demon until it fled back into the woods. Of
1: course they were brooms. (laughs) (laughs) I know.
0: The tribal elders tell of how the screeching demon never again entered the camp, but it would often be seen lurking around the border of the camp and watching from the woods.
1: that's creepy.
0: While the encounter story above could be played off as just that, a story, many modern sightings of the Cumberland Beast add to its lengthy history and possible credibility. In 1974, young sisters Sharon and Shelley Brunette were playing tag in a cornfield near their family property. Playing tag in a cornfield is always something that's not going to end good. It's fun, though. It's fun, but it's always something creepy happens. Yeah,
1: that's true. Cornfields are creepy, but fun.
0: They are yeah cause you can't see like exactly. when you're in a cornfield, anybody
1: could or anything could be just a yep. few feet away from you, yep that's why it's so fun <laughs> we were, when one
0: of our friends had a party at her farm.
1: I think we've all done this, but she
0: had a cornfield, and then mm-hmm. we went out and put somebody's cap, like on top of the corn oh, stalk, that's so creepy. it and we were like we were waiting for somebody to notice that it looked like somebody was just standing there in the, mm-hmm. the cornfield, like watching them.
1: We, when we lived out, I lived out in the country with some friends and we were renting a house that was on like farmland and we would have parties, of course. And there was one night that we all went out into the cornfield and we'd be, us ladies would be kind of creeping through and all of a sudden someone would reach out and grab our yeah, ankles. because and you it was can't that see night. like if somebody's yeah. like in the row next was to like you. It like scary, but so fun. And that's
0: always <laughs> when the cops came to the party, that is always where everybody took off running and was into Fort the cornfield. Corn well, yeah, they're not going <laughs> to find you in there. <laughs> It's been a long Wisconsin. time since I've been in a cornfield. Yeah, me too. We'll do that on our road trip. We'll just we'll pull trespass over and on somebody's, a, yeah, somebody's farm.
1: We'll have a little bucket list for our road trip.
0: Hopefully it's a farm. I want to see these. I want these space pancakes. I'm not going to lie. I really want to try space the space pancakes. pancakes. So I'm hoping that we run into that on I our trip too. I space cakes. Space cakes. Mm-hmm.
1: We don't know that they used a pan.
0: No, they said that they were like <laughs> cooking it over like a flameless stove. Hmm. So... Where was I now? I'm thinking about space pancakes. Where was I now? Um, Sharon and Shelley Brunette were playing tag in a cornfield near their family property when they both had an up-close encounter with the creature. As the girls chased each other through the tall stalks, they eventually made their way to the last row of corn. Upon exiting, the girls came to a dead stop because 20 feet in front of them stood a large, hair-covered, human-like beast. The girls stated that the bees seemed just as startled as they did after locking eyes with one another. After nearly 30 seconds of standing in shock, the Cumberland beast turned and ran off into the adjacent tree line. The girls turned in terror and fled back into the corn and ran towards their home screaming, just like I would do. Once there, the two sisters told their parents about seeing a large monster that stood nearly seven feet tall, was covered in black hair, had arms that hung down to its knees, and smelled like rotten onions. Yuck.
1: Rotten onions. Interesting. I've never heard that one before.
0: Fast forward 20 years to the mid-90s when eyewitness Dennis Murphy was traveling through Wisconsin from Minnesota and sighted not just one, but two of the beasts standing in a cornfield. Murphy stated that as he drove up alongside the corn, one of the unknown creatures, the smaller one, turned away and tried to crouch down. The larger one, however, who Dennis believed was around 8 feet tall, continued to stare as he slowly drove by watching. After his sighting, Dennis Murphy described the creatures as being seven and eight feet tall with a wide build, long human-like faces, and covered in whitish-gray-colored hair. Jump ahead another eight years, and we get two reports of the beast. Only this time, it was reported as looking in through the eyewitnesses' windows. Mm-mm. <laughs> Krista does. Nope. I knew you weren't gonna like that. Nope. I knew you weren't gonna like that. You can go of, looking
1: for it, but it does, it does, you don't not want it looking for, looking for
0: <laughs> us. For us. <laughs> the first sighting comes from Saint Croix Reservation animal control officer Val Hogner. While home one night at her rural residence, Val took notice of an odd yet putrid smell drifting in through her windows. When she approached the window to look outside for the source, Val witnessed a large, nearly seven-foot-tall, hair-covered bipedal creature turn and duck down. Obviously frightened, Val turned from the window and ran back into the safety of her home.
1: Give me the willies.
0: (laughs) Sometime later, sometime later on that same reservation, a woman by the name of Loretta Potter would have her own sighting on the morning of July 19th. Loretta woke up at 5 a.m. and headed to her kitchen. Upon arrival into the kitchen, Loretta looked out the window and noticed a large black figure staring into her daughter's window at the other end of the house outside. Worried that it was a possible intruder, Loretta yelled out at the unknown thing, causing it to spin around and look towards her. Shocked at what she saw, Loretta let out a scream, and the creature turned and ran off into the surrounding woods.
1: I'm imagining Bigfoot going home and being like, Hey, I saw a
0: human today. <laughs> I saw a human today. I had a human sighting. <laughs> Loretta Potter would go on to describe her early morning visitor as standing around 8 feet tall, being totally covered in dark matted hair, and having a hairless gray face that looked somewhat human but not fully. That's a creepy description. Yeah, it is. The local sheriff's department was contacted the next day, as well as the St. Croix Reservation Police, who would go on to send an officer to investigate. Upon arriving at Loretta Potter's residence, Officer Marvin Halverson would take notice of several large footprints with human-like toes fleeing across the dirt driveway, and would also go on to discover that two of the family's pet rabbits that were kept outside were missing from their broken enclosure. Yep, he grabbed a couple nuggets on the way out. While the few select stories above could be considered proof that something strange and unknown does in fact call Wisconsin home, they are most certainly not the only ones out there. Reports of the Cumberland beast have been occurring regularly in the area and the surrounding area for years and continue to this day. So many people have seen a Bigfoot in Cumberland that statues of the mythical creature have been put outside of bars mm. so place for you and I to go it's one of those things that I th- I like the idea of it but if we actually went I would be free out. yeah
1: I, again <laughs> you know? I'm fascinated with, with Bigfoot and I'm really into it but I'm not sure I want to see one because peering never go in go through the woods a again. window
0: creeps me out right like
1: there's way too much intelligence there number one like yeah. I don't know yeah I don't know Again, and I don't know if it's it's
0: worse to think of it as a creature or a person peeping in the daughter's window, or both, or both. You know, so I don't know.
1: Don't ruin cornfields for me, Bigfoot.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But we're gonna have to hit up Cumberland on our road trip. I think so. You can take. I'll get a a hotel. You can get in the woods. We'll give you a little tent. You can let us (laughs) know. (laughs) Let us know.
1: I want to take the quintessential photo of us next to one of those Bigfoot statues. Yes, yes,
0: definitely. Number five, we're halfway through the list, Haunchyville. I've heard of Haunchyville. I have never heard of Haunchyville. This I had is the little people, n- right? Yes, I had never heard of this, ever. Okay. And I was researching, it and I'm like, what?
1: It's south of here, I think, right?
0: It's near Muskego.
1: Yes, I lived in Muskego. So did you? I know where, yeah, oh. that's probably why I know that's pr- what wow. Haunchyville Have you ever investigated? I did not no. know that you lived there. Yeah, Jim and I lived there before we moved up here. Yeah. Well, long before we moved up here. His sister still lives there.
0: Wow. Uh I did not know that. Yeah. So on the website, (laughs) onlyinyourstate.com, quote, According to the story, there were once some people of shorter stature that were employed by a circus. They were horribly exploited by their mean boss, and one day they got tired of it. They managed to kill him, and they moved to the woods to set up their own community. Their society is apparently located by Muskego, Wisconsin. It is a regular community But everyone just lives in really small homes. And if any other human tries to come into their village, they won't kill you, but they will perform an amputation on your legs so you live as a little person like them.
1: Well, that seems drastic.
0: You didn't hear that part apparently? No,
1: I don't know. I've just heard like the legend that they exist.
0: Legends say that only one person who ever visited this village before escaped this fate. Once there was an albino child who visited the village. The residents took him in as their own and the boy grew quite tall and big. He became their protector and to this day he will mercilessly defend them against any intruders. So that is Haunchyville. Haunchyville, yep. A uh, July 26, 2010 article on Patch.com called, quote, Haunchyville is not a home for axe murderers or little people, please say. The article says, quote, if you've lived in or near Muskego for a while, you've probably heard about a place called Haunchyville off of Mystic Drive. Stories have been handed down over generations about the area allegedly being inhabited by little people and an albino axe murderer. There have been movie trailers made about the area. The place has been featured by Weird Wisconsin and creepy rhymes about the area have been posted on YouTube. And every few days on Twitter, you'll see youth talking about going down there to search for Haunchyville. But officials from the Muskego Police Department said the story is a hoax. Lieutenant Dave Constantino of the Muskego Police Department said he grew up in Muskego but had never heard of Haunchyville until he started working for the police department. But the myth has been around for at least 60 years. He says, quote, there are rumors about an ex-murderer living there and little people living in little houses. But the story is just that, a story, and it's not true. He goes on to say, while most Muskego kids know it's a myth, kids from the surrounding areas continue to go down there and it drives the homeowners nuts. No trespassing signs are posted throughout the area and the police department has taken a tough stance on the issue. If they catch you trespassing, you better have some pretty deep pockets because the ticket will carry a $334 Dang. fine.
1: that's a lot but, of money to a kid.
0: To this day, there's people, I like I when I do a search for Haunchyville, there's mm-hmm. people talking about going, looking for Haunchyville, which is frustrating. Like if somebody lives in that area, you're yeah, going to have kids be. like prowling around your yard all the time. Mm-hmm. But there are people who say they stumbled across this place. Mm. You know, I don't buy it because it's, I think it's a myth, but there are people that say that they've stumbled across, they were out in the woods and they stumbled across a little community of little houses. Mm. You know, I don't like think they little got their, Hobbiton? their legs amputated. Yeah but that is that the story of, a lot of stumbling. that is the story of Haunchyville. <laughs> All right. Number 4 is the Goatman of Hogsback Road. Of I've never man. heard of that before this either. Also sometimes known as the Hookman. Oh,
1: I've never heard that. I've only heard so of the Goatman. So you goat get the man.
0: Goatman or the Hookman? Maybe they're two separate entities. Could I don't be. want to run into either of them. I don't no. want to run into a Goatman or a Hookman. No. But an October 31st, 2018, article of the Spectator News, which is UW Eau Claire's student newspaper. Okay. I've never been to Eau Claire. I've never been to Stevens Point. I haven't been to a lot of places.
1: I've been to La Crosse, which is, well, no, that's much further north. We got to do a maybe road I trip. I haven't been to Eau Claire. We got to go
0: see, maybe we'll go see Adam and Sophie.
1: That would be amazing. We'll
0: go, we'll take a tour across the state. Yeah. In Richfield, Wisconsin, there is a peculiar stretch of pavement called Hogsback Road. Since the eighteen seventies, people have reported sightings of a half man, half goat creature wandering around at night. They call him the goatman. It's
1: like which half of them is man and which half
0: is I don't know. Goat. I don't know.
1: <laughs> like what if it's like the right half? <laughs> Just kidding.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that would be different. I'd <laughs> be... ne- never considered that.
1: <laughs> Nobody has No. <laughs> only I would say <laughs> the that. The goat man.
0: The Goatman is not afraid to strike, according to legend, and a dismal fate awaits those who cross his path, and the only warning of his present is a pungent blood-like odor. You, The Tale of the Goatman. Is it Goatman or Goatman?
1: Goatman. Like the, Slenderman?
0: Like Slenderman. <laughs> the Tale of the Goatman originates from Native American folklore and is a popular story throughout the country. Apparently, the legend of the Goatman is a popular one and even inspired one of my favorite creepypastas. Nevertheless, individuals in the area swear they have seen the hominid cryptid lurking around under bridges, on the side of highways, and in abandoned buildings. It's said that this creature slaughters people it comes across and leaves their corpses hanging upside down in trees. A 2003 encounter saw two men see a two-legged goat walk across the road in front of their car. The creature was the size of a man with large muscular legs and tiny arms. <laughs> That's just weird. Weird. <laughs> It's really weird. It sounds weird, but it also sounds strangely cute. Hmm. See a two legged goat walk across the road in front of their car. So
1: it's dragging a dead body behind it. Yeah,
0: then that's not so cute. So the goat man, there's also apparently a hook man in the area. I don't see. So they
1: are two different
0: things? They must be, or are they the same? I don't know. But according to a November 11th 2015 article on jnathancouch.com, the article says, quote, "...back in the early 1980s, we had an urban legend on Hogsback Road, which is where the Goat Man supposedly was mm-hmm. also, called the Hookman. Now deceased, his small cottage was at the end of a narrow gravel driveway thickly lined with trees on both sides." My friends and I were pretty freewheeling back then and loved to drive around with beer in their car. (laughs) That's Wisconsin. (laughs) Totally Wisconsin. One night, our friend Mark wanted to show off his new Buick, so we bought a couple six-packs, and the six of us decided to park the car by Hookman's Old Cottage. Hookman. Not Hookman. Hookman. It was a blustery night with a full moon. Each time the wind would blow, we'd lose the moonlight. We could hear the wind whistling through the trees, even with the windows up. We were laughing and talking about nothing in particular when I heard a loud scree noise scraping against the left rear window that I was sitting next to. Scree? Scree. Okay. In the light, I could see a distinct four-inch gouge in the window that was clearly visible in the moonlight. We all totally freaked. Mark almost got into an accident as his wheel spun in the gravel getting out of the place. A really strange thing about that gouge, it seemed to gradually fade out of the window the same way a scratch heals on someone's arm. That was over thirty years ago, and I believe it still affects me to this day.
1: It reminds me of I know what you did last summer. Isn't that? I never one? saw that. Or wait, am I thinking of urban legends?
0: No, it, that sounds like didn't the guy have a hook? He had a hook, and yeah. I know what you did last summer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But apparently, this happens quite a bit where people go out there with their cars and they get scratches on their cars like someone with a hook hmm. ran their hand along the car.
1: So someone who has a hook for a hand.
0: Yeah, but I don't think it's the Goat Man.
1: It's Hookman.
0: It's Hookman. Okay. But it's the same Hogsback Road, so apparently mm. you and I need this. Places to, s- to happen, ha- yeah. Happening, like hot are they friends? Are they not friends? <laughs> are they the same person? So it sounds like mm. you and I need to visit Hogsback Road.
1: Yes, during the day. During With the day, not so much people. at night. <laughs> we sound like real great investigators. I know. <laughs> that such... Sounds way too scary. <laughs> yeah,
0: we won't do that at night. <laughs> But that's creepy. I think the hook man stuff is creepy, yeah, but it also creepy. sounds so urban legendy. Exactly. So you know, like legend. with the hook, somebody legend. with that's yeah. like such a prototypical mm-hmm. or stereotypical, <laughs> some kind of typical <laughs> it's a prototype of some an urban some, legend. some kind of urban legend where you know they drive off and the hook is hanging in the corridor, right. or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so right, yeah, good visual, but. There's a lot of stories about this goat man and not just there. It's it's all over the state. It's in other states. Okay. So the goat man is apparently a pretty big thing.
1: Well that the goat, I mean the goat in general has like connotations of like the devil. Yeah. so I can yeah. see why that's kind of a theme. Yep.
0: And number three, the Mineral Point Vampire. I
1: think I've heard I had of heard this. Of this one before, yeah. but I
0: didn't really know much about it. This comes from Paranormalworld.com. Most cryptid sightings go back centuries, but the creepy figure that is said to stalk Mineral Point, Wisconsin, was first seen around 1981. This comes from ParanormalWorld.com. Quote, the police responded to reports of a character dressed like a vampire lurking in the Graceland Cemetery on the evening of March 14th, 1981.
1: Dressed like a vampire, like wearing a cape?
0: Yeah. Okay. And looking like a vampire, apparently. Okay. At the cemetery, a lone officer encountered a tall, thin, pale-faced figure dressed in black and clad in a cape. Oh, okay. The figure suddenly (laughs) bolted away and the officer gave chase. But this pursuit promptly ended when the pale man leapt over a six-foot fence at the border of the cemetery. The next morning, the police returned to the cemetery to follow the tracks that the, quote, vampire had made in the snow, but the footprints simply stopped at the point where the entity had jumped the fence. There was nothing on the other side except untouched snow. Okay, that's weird. And this sounds more like Springheel Jack. And, and oh. that comes up a lot in these articles, is that back in, like, Victorian...
1: Mm-hmm.
0: In England, like, around... I, well, I, Brian Young is going to know more about this. Sure. I don't know what, exactly what time, like, the Jack the Ripper stuff is going on, but there was something called Springheel Jack... That was this figure like this that mm-hmm. could jump high and just disappear. Mm-hmm. You know, like the footprints would just disappear. So this almost sounds more like Spring-Heeled Jack than a vampire.
1: That's a creepy theme to me is when you hear stories about people who say there were footprints under my window, stopped. but then they didn't go anywhere. Yeah. They didn't come from anywhere. Yeah. And that's such a creepy thought Yeah,
0: to or me. footprints just start in the middle of the backyard. Right. You know. It's like, weird. Yeah, like, how it does is, that happen? I don't know. I don't know. It's
1: all made up. That's all.
0: The article <laughs> goes on to say, quote, The tale of the mineral. I can't say this town's name. Mineral Point. Yep. Quote, The tale of the mineral point vampire was far from over, however, as the police had to respond to a series of reports made in 2004 detailing a man sitting in a tree outside of an apartment complex that would leap out of the tree and try to bite people when they walked out into the yard. Oh my God. When the police arrived, an ominously familiar, darkly clad man leapt from the tree and fled. The police attempted to pursue the suspect, but quickly lost sight of the man. Although there were footprints like in the 1981 case, they ended at a 10-foot-tall concrete wall. So, again, it sounds like, Hmm. you know.
1: How many years later was this?
0: The first one was in 1981. The second one was in 2004.
1: Oh, wow. That's a huge span of time.
0: And there was another report in 2008. On my birthday, July 11th, 2008, at about 10 o'clock p.m., Mineral Point residents Brandon Hines, 22 years old, and his girlfriend Jamie Marker, 19 years old, were fishing off of a jetty on the far west shore of Ludden Lake when the couple heard noises coming from under the jetty. The noises were described as sounding, quote, like something was using the boards of the jetty like a ladder climbing along underneath us. Hines began stomping the boards, believing it was some kind of animal and hoping to scare it away. He aimed his flashlight down between the cracks of the boards when he and Marker heard water splashing down the other side of the jetty and saw a figure look up at them through the crack. Heinz shone his flashlight through the crack and saw, quote, a figure with dark hair and a very pale face pulling itself up onto the jetty looking up at them. Heinz and Marker stood in shock as the figure began to rise to its feet. Marker turned and ran up the path towards Heinz's vehicle as Heinz kept his flashlight aimed on the figure. Heinz stated, quote, It was wearing some kind of Dracula-looking cape and a suit, sort of. Heinz threw his flashlight towards the creature and ran up the path towards Marker, who was already in the vehicle with the doors locked. As Heinz started the vehicle and began leaving, Marker saw out of the passenger window that the figure was coming up the path at a run, and she screamed for Heinz to hurry. Nope. That's creepy. Yep. The couple drove to the mineral point police department and made a statement directly after a patrol unit in the area of Ludden Lake investigated the area where Heinz and Marker had been, but found no one Heinz and Marker returned the next day to retrieve their belongings with everything accounted for, except for Heinz's flashlight. Heinz says, whatever it was, it can keep the flashlight.
1: That's really creepy. That is super
0: creepy. <laughs> you know, and the fact that they went, they re- went right away to the police department. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of buy it. I well, don't all think... of these situations. Yeah, like I don't, the I don't feel that one's a hoax. You know, I just don't.
1: And it, that's such a huge stretch of time to, for people to be seeing the same exact figure. Yeah, when he it said it
0: was wearing like a cape, like it does Dracula. sort of imply like yeah. a vampire kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, it does, but it sounds more like a Spring Heeled Jack type demonic figure than a vampire. Also
1: reminds me a little bit. Maybe it's Pleasant Point, Mineral Point. Reminds me of yeah. Mothman just a tiny bit. But... Yes,
0: yeah. Hmm. So that's bizarre.
1: Really weird. No thanks.
0: But according to an August 3rd article on ParanormalStudy.com called, quote, The Mineral Point Vampire, the article says, quote, was this really a monstrous being of myth and legend or something else entirely? Some people believe he was nothing more than an escaped mental patient, while others believe the vampire was the latest incarnation of a spirit that has haunted the region for over a century called the Ridgeway Phantom. Mm -hmm. According to local folklore, the Ridgeway Phantom is the shape-shifting ghost of two brothers who ran afoul of bloodthirsty thugs. During a particularly harsh winter in the 1840s, the brother found shelter from a blizzard in a bar filled with criminals and killers. Sounds like typical Wisconsin bar. (laughs) Somehow, the youngest of the two offended one of the patrons and they were beaten until unconscious. Their bodies were thrown back out into the snow where they froze to death. Since that time, it's said their ghost has manifested as a headless horseman, grotesque creatures, and a spectral ghost chasing people with a whip. So some people believe that... This Mineral Point vampire is actually though. the Ridgeway Phantom.
1: Did he have a whip or no head? No,
0: but they said <laughs> he can shape shift. Apparently, okay. so they wonder if this isn't. But they the dude biting, jumping out of the tree and trying to bite people. Huh. But you know. and I are going to need to visit Mineral Point. Okay, that is down, I believe, kind of by Madison. Okay. Not at night.
1: No. Not These on are the all docks. Gonna be day We're not going to be doing
0: anything on the docks, looking through the cracks, seeing no, something looking back up at really you. Really creepy. Yeah. Like he's just
1: hanging out under there, waiting for It sounded like he was, it
0: almost sounded like he was coming up from the water, like crawling out of the water and then crawling up there. But then when they turn around and it's running at them on the road, Krista's noping that. Mm -hmm. Number two, of course, we could not talk about Wisconsin without talking about number two, the hodag. Oh,
1: I thought that was going to be the other one. So I thought he'd be number one.
0: Nope. Number two is the hodag. I know
1: what number one is then. Yeah.
0: You do know what number one is. Number one is like we're kind of famous for. Yeah. Which I don't really understand, but we'll get to that. Okay. Um, so, number two, the Hodag. People have asked us to talk about the Hodag. Mm-hmm. I love the Hodag. According to the Cryptid Wiki.
1: Isn't that the name of a country festival, too? Yes. Okay.
0: <laughs> kind of famous around these parts. Mm-hmm. The Cryptid Wiki says "Quote: In 1893, newspapers reported the discovery of a Hodag in Rhinelander, Wisconsin. It is described as having, quote, the head of a frog, the grinning face of a giant elephant, thick short legs set off by huge claws at the back of a dinosaur, and a long tail with spears at the end. He breathed fire and smoke and smelled like a combination of buzzard meat and skunk perfume. Well, sure. It said the Hodag feasted on white bulldogs, but only on Sundays.
1: Why white bulldogs? No, and
0: only on Sundays. Interesting. I don't know. But here's the origin story, and I really love the origin story of the Hodag and this is from the guy who supposedly caught one but we will get to him in a little bit but this is the origin story quote far up in the north woods among the silvery lakes there once was a region of tall swaying pine and evergreen the people who lived in this region were sturdy woodsmen type kind of like me men who lived hard and loved the great outdoors with its prim- primitive life close to nature The chief beast of burden in this land of primeval timber was the humble ox. Slowly and patiently treading heavily through the growth of underbrush over great carpets of pine needles, he conveyed the huge logs out of the forest to a convenient landing place at the side of some stream. His drivers represented several nationalities, so the patient ox had to accustom himself to the different characteristics of its various drivers. Life for him was truly one of oppression. It would be a difficult task to know which of the two, the driver or the ox, had the larger amount of gray matter. (laughs) In most instances, a close observer would have said the latter was favored. The manner of driving the ox was with considerable persuasion and at the point of a three and one half foot goad stick. At that time, there were no restrictions by legislature regarding the length of the stick. The ox skinner was noted for his unlimited vocabulary, which consisted of a smattering of the English language together with the extensive use of the profane. The poor ox had no defense. So on each succeeding winter, there were ox skinners of Irish, French, and Scandinavian, depending upon the nationality of the man who happened to be the driver at the time. Each in his turn, goaded and cursed in his native tongues using the blasphemy characteristic of his nationality. The height of the ox was reputed to be proof against the elements, but not invulnerable against the profanity of the several drivers. Curses come home to roost, and a constant dripping will wear wear away stone. Such was the case of the ox, whose life under favorable conditions did not usually exceed six years. Thus, merciful providence intervened and took the ox from its toil. The customary burial ceremony of the ox was cremation, so a huge pile of brush was usually gathered and the remains of the ox placed carefully in the center. The belief of those sturdy woodsmen was that seven years of continuous fire was necessary to exterminate the profanity which had accumulated in the body of the ox during its life. Accordingly, the brush pile was frequently replenished, the fire at times leaping high, while at other times it smoldered fitfully. It was at the end of the seventh year of the cremation of an ox which had led an unusually hard life that an event was said to happen which would cast its shadow upon every man who witnessed it. As the fire died down, there slowly issued from the great pile of ashes a mystical animal, later to be known as the hodag. Hmm. So the hodag, wow, grew from I did not hear this grew from story. the oxes, from the poor oxes that, <laughs> with the profanities and the beatings the and stuff, it was all the swearing. <laughs> that after seven years of cremation, which is a long time to be cremated, yeah. that's when the hodag would appear from the ashes. Okay. These reports were instigated by well-known Wisconsin timber cruiser and prankster Eugene Shepard, who rounded up a group of local people to capture the animal. The group reported that they needed to use dynamite to kill the beast because shotguns and rifles wouldn't damage it. A photograph of the remains of the charred beast was released to the media. It was said to be, quote, "...the fiercest, strangest, most frightening monster ever to set razor-sharp claws upon the earth." It became extinct after its main food source, all white bulldogs, became scarce in the area. (laughs) Shepard claimed to have captured another hoedag in 1896, but he captured this one alive. According to Shepard's reports, he and several bear wrestlers placed a chloroform-soaked sponge on the end of a long pole, which they worked into the cave of the creature where it was overcome. (laughs) That's just (laughs) such a funny picture. (sighs) He displayed this hoedag at the first Oneida County Fair. Thousands of people came to see the hodag at the fair, or at Shepard's display in a shed at his house, where he charged 10 cents for admission. Having connected wires to it, Shepard would occasionally move the creature, which would typically send the already skittish viewers fleeing the display. In addition, Shepard would often tell the curious customers that the hodag was especially angry that day. In order to convince people he was telling the truth, he would go into his shed, supposedly in an effort to try to calm the hodag. While he was in the shed, he would change into shredded clothing, making it look like he had been attacked. He also had his two young sons make a lot of noise behind the shed to make the attack sound more convincing.
1: Quite the showman.
0: As newspapers, local and statewide, and then nationally began picking up the story of the remarkable creature, a small group of scientists from the Smithsonian Institute in Washington, D.C. announced they would be traveling to Rhinelander to inspect the apparent discovery. Their announcement spelled the end of Shepherd's gimmick, and he was then forced to admit that the hoedag had been a hoax. He said, quote, Not only hundreds, but thousands of people came to view the hodag, and not one of them went away without having learned a little bit more about northern Wisconsin. And it is safe to guess that each one of those thousands told others what they had seen and heard. In this way, the beauties, opportunities, and resources of northern Wisconsin spread, and many who came here out of curiosity have come to make their home with us. Long live the hodag!" The hodag became the official symbol of Rhinelander, Wisconsin. I've never been to Rhinelander. I haven't either. But they are nuts about the hodag there. It is the mascot of Rhinelander High School and lends its name to numerous Rhinelander area businesses, organizations, and foods. They have hodag burgers. <laughs> you know, you can buy hodag balls, which are cheese curds. The Now all, we really have to. The hodag also lends its name and image to the hodag Country Festival, and mm-hmm. that is like a, actually a pretty huge music it is festival a big deal. in Rhinelander. Yeah, yeah Lady Annabellum were there. And a larger than life fiberglass sculpture of the Hodag created by a local artist is on display at the Rhinelander Area Chamber of Commerce where it draws thousands of visitors each year. So, uh, I would
1: love to go see that geocaching.
0: There's statue. so many geocaches that we've come across. Oh, named, really? named uh, like uh, the Hodag's lair, and we have like travel bugs, which are little toys and stuff that move from geocache to geocache, like little figures of the egg. Okay. So, there's like Rhinelander is nuts about the Hodag.
1: Yeah. They're happy for the hodeg.
0: Yeah. But there are people that say that the hodeg was based on a creature which they believe did exist. Uh, lumberjacks back in the 1800s told about a terrible beast that lurked in the North Woods and they called it the hodeg. Hmm. And some people so believe... maybe that's where you got the idea? Possibly. And uh, Native Americans believe in something called uh, Mishapeshu, which is also known as the Great Lynx. And it is one of the most important water beings among the Great Lakes tribes and is found commonly in pictographs and burial mounds, as well as oral history. He's depicted like a panther with spikes coming down his back and long devilish horns on his head. In Native American tradition, Mishapeshu was often seen as a guardian of the waters, as well as copper, but was also a sinister being who brought people to their deaths. Hmm. So people believe that the Hodag was based off of a creature that may have existed, but there are still people who say that they've run into strange things in Rhinelander. Mm-hmm. But you don't know if that's people just trying to carry on the, the tradition, tradition of the hodag. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. But
0: we in Wisconsin love our hodag. Yeah. It was funny because a lot of the Reddit sites I went to to look for Bigfoot stories about Wisconsin, people said, are there a lot of Bigfoot reports out of northern Wisconsin? And then people would always reply, no, because the hodag keeps the bigfoot away. <laughs> nice. So we love our hodeg.
1: He's kind of cute.
0: He is kind of cute, and I love the picture that I posted. Mm-hmm. Like for Christmas, they put a little Santa hat on him. and yeah. had him decorated in Christmas lights. I need to get to Rhinelander. Yeah. I really want to see get a picture of us by the hoag. That'd be so the fun. The big fiberglass egg And number one, what do you think the number one Wisconsin cryptid is? The Beast of Bray Road. The Beast of Bray Road, otherwise known as the Wisconsin Werewolf. We've had werewolf. Were, we've had werewolves. We have it. We have vampires. We have yeah. We've got aliens. It all, man. We got it all in this one. We do. So, the Beast of Bray Road. A lot of people, I did not know a whole lot about the Beast of Bray Road, and I still don't think it's the
1: Hartford area, right? Yes, yeah,
0: exactly. And I just feel like, I don't know. I feel like it's, I expected it to be more, Mm. you know.
1: There's some documentaries on it. Yes, there are. There's movies about it, Mm -hmm. and
0: there's YouTube, lots of YouTube stuff about it. Yeah. In the area around the town of Elkhorn, Wisconsin, the Beast of Bray Road is considered one of America's most famous modern werewolves due to its popularity through media and a number of witness reports. There are actually reports going back centuries of early Wisconsin settlers who described strange wolf-like creatures who would attack and then vanish without a trace, but 1936 is widely regarded as the first official sighting of the strange creature. There were sightings of the creature then throughout the years, but the 1980s and 1990s were when the sightings really ramped up. In the 1980s, several alleged witnesses said that the creature had chased them to their vehicles where it left long scratch marks on the doors and trunks of the vehicles. One witness reported hitting something crossing Bray Road, then exited their vehicle to determine what they had hit and reported that a large wolf-like creature with red eyes chased her back into the car and left long claw marks in the rear passenger door. Sightings have also been reported during daylight hours, with several witnesses stating they observed an unusually large wolf-like creature running on all fours through cornfields. There are no reports of it ever attacking anyone, but some witnesses do claim that it has acted aggressively, running at them and jumping on their vehicles as they drove off. (laughs) That Hmm. would be creepy. That would be really creepy.
1: That'd be scary.
0: Yeah. One of the most well-known figures involved in the investigation is Linda Godfrey. According to the website American Ghost Walks, quote, Linda started out as an artist as an artist. <laughs> Linda started out as an artist and was looking to draw an artist, <laughs> an artist. my Boston accent <laughs> yep. coming through. She's wicked smart. She is wicked smart. Linda started out as an artist and was looking to draw cartoons for a syndication deal when she offered her drawings to the local newspaper in Elkhorn, Wisconsin, the Walworth County Week. Those cartoons turned into articles soon enough, and after a short while she found herself as a local reporter. While there had been reports of a werewolf-like creature sighted by drivers on Bray Road near Delavan, Wisconsin in the late 80s, with perhaps some reports stretching back to 1936, it was when the reports came to the attention of Linda after Christmas in 1991 that the story took off and her articles started getting at first attention of Milwaukee news, but then even international news agencies picking up on it and the story exploded. As Linda was the journalist who kind of launched the story, she became the face of it. And after becoming that face of the Beast of Bray Road, it led to people sending Linda other weird reports of sightings of the mysterious creatures, not just in Wisconsin, but from all around the country. Since then, she has become a chronicler of cryptozoology with appearances on Sightings, Coast to Coast, AM, Monster Quest, and The New In Search Of. And I come across her stuff a lot when I'm doing like articles on, on cryptids or research on cryptids. Like Linda Godfrey's kind of a big name in cryptid research, and th- she got her start with the Beast of Bray Road.
1: I think she was in the documentary I watched yeah, about it. Yep.
0: Yeah, she's like the go-to person for the Beast of Bray Road. From the website fringeparanormal.wordpress.com, uh, it has some um, encounters, some stories of encounters with the Beast of Bray Road. The article says, quote, 1936. Mark Shackleman claimed he saw a half wolf, half man creature east of Jefferson, Wisconsin, along Highway 18. He was driving down the road when he saw the beast digging in an old Indian mound. He described the creature as covered in hair, over six feet tall when standing upright, with a muzzled face and features of a canine and ape. He said the beast's hands were very strange, with a twisted thumb and only three fingers. Shackleman also described a stench that emanated from the beast, similar to decaying meat. He returned the following day to see if the creature was still there. It was, and this time it spoke a three-syllable word to him that sounded like gadara, with a second symbol emphasized.
1: It sounds like a a mix between Bigfoot and like a werewolf. It does,
0: but I don't understand what this word gadara. Gadara, Gadara, G-A-D-R-A. He said it spoke a three-syllable word that sounded like gadara with the second syllable emphasized. (laughs) So, I don't know. Then, on a fall evening in 1989, bar manager Laura Andrizzi was driving along Bray Road. As she rounded a bend, she saw what she initially perceived as a human being kneeled or hunched along the side of the road. She slowed down to take a look through the passenger side window. She was roughly six feet away from the figure and got a look at it for about 45 seconds. She described it as a beast with gray-brown fur, fangs, and pointed ears. She said it had a long face with a snout like a wolf. She also stated that its eyes glowed yellow even though her headlights were not reflecting on them at that time. Its arms were jointed like a human's and it seemed to hold its food with its palms up, which is unlike any local animal. The beast was muscular with humanesque figures adorned in claws and Drizzy could not see a tail but its back legs were behind it similar to a person who was kneeling.
1: It was holding food? Yeah. It was okay. holding
0: like food in its hands like this and it was like it, it its back legs were behind it almost like it was someone that was kneeling in the road. Okay. So, I don't know. That's just weird. Mm. That's weird. Yeah. Then, in 1999, on October 31st, 18-year-old Doristine Gibson was driving on Bray Road near Delavan, Wisconsin. As her vehicle approached an intersection with Hospital Road, her right tire was jolted as if it had been lifted off the ground or rolled over something huge. She stopped and exited the car to see what had been hit. As she peered into the darkness, she noticed a large, hairy figure moving quickly towards her. Afraid, she jumped into her car and started it. As she pulled away, the creature leaped onto her trunk. He could not get a hold on the wet car exterior and slid off as she sped off. She returned later that evening while trick-or-treating with another girl, and the two of them saw a large form standing along the road. A November 2020 article on ThoughtCatalog.com called, quote, 14 Facts About the Beast of Bray Road, the Creepiest Animal You've Never Heard of, the article says, has a story from someone, and they say, quote, I lived in a town of Franklin, Wisconsin. This was about 1997, 1998. We had just moved into a brand new subdivision and were currently the only house that was built. The rest of the area for a long distance was empty lots on what used to be the adjoining farm's old land. Our backyard had a running creek. On the other side of the creek was some brush and a single lane road with an old wooden street light that gave off an orange hue about 30 yards or so away. It was a warm summer night and I was having a sleepover with one of my friends. We had all the lights off and we were playing hide and seek in the dark. I went back into our sunroom and And I saw something crouched over, illuminated through the brush and the orange streetlight. I'm not sure how to describe its posture. You know how when you're about to throw up and you hunch over on your knees and palms? It was similar to that. Its breaths were so deep and heavy that you could see its chest heaving already from that distance.
1: So it was like on its hands and knees. Yeah. Okay.
0: I also know that it wasn't any type of dog or wolf. Its hind legs were thick and muscular like a man's, but its body tapered at the abdomen and head like a wolf or canine. I called out to my friend who came over and just said, what is that? to me, trying not to make much noise. We sat there as it was hunched over for a good 30 minutes. My dad, who was a Vietnam vet, came out to see what we were doing up so late. We pointed and asked him what that was and he just said, I don't know. He then went outside as we stayed in. He had one of those old mega lights that had the power of a thousand candles and took that with him. He stood in the driveway and shined it onto whatever we were looking at. It looked back at us and I honestly don't remember its eye color. What I do remember is that It took off into the brush. It took off upright like a sprinter from the stance on all fours. My dad heard it splash through the creek and he hightailed it back into the house. It was one of those moments you don't really talk about because people will think you're crazy. When I heard about the Beast of Bray Road so many years later, I immediately knew I'd seen it too.
1: Hmm. That's pretty creepy, actually. It
0: is. But then they said they stared at it for 30 minutes. Yeah, that's
1: kind of weird. That makes it a little hard to believe,
0: actually. A July 2020 article on My RacineCounty.com website says, quote, With coronavirus affecting thousands and people afraid to leave the house, stories about werewolves can provide quite the necessary distraction. Hmm. Around here, the Beast of Bray Road is a famous legend known for its location on Bray Road, which starts along Highway 11 east of Elkhorn and winds west to Highway NN and I-43 just outside of Elkhorn Area High School. There's been a movie about this mythical beast, a 7-foot hairy brown giant that has frightened locals who claim they saw it. One of these locals is Lake Geneva resident Ron Rice. Every once in a while, Rice travels to the town of Lyons for work where he drops off fertilizer at a farm on Highway 36 just west of Church Road. It's a Burlington address and there is a circle gravel driveway where Rice loads up a truck with fertilizer. There are deep woods around it, according to Rice, about 150 feet away from the driveway. Back in May, Rice was on a routine drop-off in broad daylight sitting in his truck. He looked into the distance, about 150 feet, he thinks, and a figure caught his eye. This thing was huge. It was over 7 feet tall, he said. It was brown and hairy with coarse hair. It walked out and picked something up and then turned its back towards me and went back into the woods. Two weeks later, Rice again saw the beast and again had walked out of the woods and quickly returned. Possible explanations for the sighting have come up, saying that the creature is simply a gray wolf, a large dog, a bear with mange, hoaxers, or mass hysteria. (laughs) Other people believe it to be a Bigfoot or a Wendigo. A Wendigo.
1: Wendigo.
0: Wendigo. A Wendigo is a Native American legend whose name means, quote, the evil spirit that devours mankind. According to the legends, a Wendigo is created whenever a human resorts to cannibalism to survive, which may have happened long ago in the harsh Wisconsin winters. Manitowoc has a Wendigo Fest.
1: Really? Yes. How did I not know this? And
0: it, it's kind of a thing where some people are like super anti-against it.
1: They're anti-against it, so they're for it? No, they're super <laughs> against it. <laughs> it's super, they're super
0: anti- <laughs> They're super anti-
1: Wendigo Fest?
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they hate Wendigo Fest. They there say that go. it's evil and that we shouldn't be promoting it, but we do have a Wend- mm. We have Sputnik Fest and Wendigo Fest. Yeah. It's so that I
1: didn't know this, but okay. I've never
0: been to either. I've been to Summerfest.
1: That's cool. Yeah. It's not anything having to do with cryptids, but no. just good music.
0: <laughs> it's just good music. So from the Fringe Paranormal website, it also says, quote, Other bizarre occurrences were reported before and after the bulk of the beast sightings. During the summer of the most sightings, roughly a dozen animals had been left in a ditch along Willow Road, which is near Bray Road. The Delavan Animal Control Officer, John Fredrickson, thought the animals had been used in some kind of cult ritual. The idea was dismissed by the police chief in June of 1991. Fredrickson insisted, stating that they were missing the point. The creatures had ropes secured around their legs, their throats were slit, while others had been decapitated or dismembered. One dog, believed to be the most recent death among the corpses found, had its heart removed. A number of the deceased animals matched the description of missing local pets. None had been killed by traffic. No other authorities seemed interested in Fredrickson's findings and quickly ended the investigation. They even bulldozed over the ditch where the dead animals had been found, completely burying their corpses. Fredrickson later heard rumors about individuals who were posing as animal control officers in search of dogs. One incident even involved a man in a black uniform driving a long, dark-colored car who tried to convince a child who was home alone to give up his pet black lab to him. Other reports around the same time tell of cult graffiti on abandoned houses and in a local cemetery about a quarter mile from Bray Road where some grave markers were found with melted candle wax on them. Hmm. So there's some weird stuff. So the
1: dogs aren't okay. Those
0: dogs are not okay. But there's some weird stuff going on around Bray Road, and people don't know if this is tied in with the Beast of Bray Road. Hmm. But to this day, there's reports from 2020 of people seeing this Beast of Bray Road and
1: we should go check it out
0: we should go check it out and that's what i got those are some wisconsin cryptids fun
1: stuff it some is creepy fun stuff. stuff some fun uh, stuff the
0: stuff beast of bray road one i expected more i think it's almost more the frequency that this thing is seen than it is actual but it's always the same sort of it's always story. the same sort of strange werewolf mm-hmm. you know like wolf man type creature Slash bigfootish slash bigfootish but yeah. it sounds like there is something near bray road I've never really watched any documentaries about it or or seen anything about it. So I kind of need to look more into that. Mm-hmm. But I think you and I got to add that to our itinerary when yep. we do our Wisconsin tour.
1: And it's one that's not up north for no, once. No, it's southwest of here. Yeah, it's
0: southwest of here. It's still a little distance away. Mm-hmm. But it would be cool to go there. I'm sure they probably have. Lake Cumberland has Bigfoot stuff. They probably, probably have Beast of Bray Road. Well, it'd
1: be fun to pick up like a souvenir everywhere. It we would. Went and put it here in the studio. It would. In our strange cellar. In our
0: strange cellar. But there you go. Those are some Wisconsin cryptid slash creatures slash weirdness. Like I said, you got werewolves. Cakes, you got people. vampires. You got space pancakes. You got dwarves that'll cut off your Ghost legs. Ghost chickens. Ghost chickens. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of everything. That is Wisconsin. Scotty. We do it weird here. We do. So yeah, there you go. Let us know what you guys think. We will be doing uh, an episode on haunted locations around
1: probably some we've been to. Probably
0: some we've been to. We're gonna talk about JFK Prep. Of course. Uh,
1: I'm excited about and that. And probably Elsings.
0: hmm we We'll to. have to get the okay from Vicky, but I'm sure she'd be okay with that. Yeah. But there you go.
1: If you are from Wisconsin you have a cryptid we didn't talk about Yes, because you I have a feeling
0: it. some people like in Wisconsin that have never heard us before will find this like right. doing a search for it. So yeah. if you guys have heard of something we haven't, we will add it to a future episode because we'll we might even do another Wisconsin cryptids right. or like if Kristen and I do actually go check out some so of these cool. places to, like talk about what we found and what it was like so
1: or if you've had an experience yeah with if you've had the experience Beast with any of, Bray of these Road the, Beast of Bray
0: Road, the phantom chickens you got any space pancakes haunchyville, haunchyville any of these places <laughs> let us know
1: particularly the, the space pancakes we yeah, really want space to
0: ca- <laughs> i want to try some space pancakes even if they do taste like cardboard yeah you know so. maple syrup makes everything taste yeah, better <laughs> so let us know what you guys think okay now what uh song can't
1: forget the deets this time forget the deets this time (laughs) um yeah let's do our songs and a question do we have some questions
0: i'll get some questions lined up cool our songs for this one we did songs that remind you of summer Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: and that's all it said so i don't know what that entails but krista i'm going first yes
1: So mine has a little backstory. It's an origin story, if you will. Ooh, nice I like origin stories. Yeah. uh, 24 odd years ago, uh, I met Jim in Whitewater. So we met because I was going to school in Whitewater. Stay in school, kids. I'm still going to school. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) She is. He moved into the apartment above me and my roommates with his roommates and... It turned into one of those, hey, do you have any sugar situations? Like, literally, one of them came down to borrow sugar. We would go up to borrow stuff. And then just I ended up hanging out with those guys a lot. And then Jim and I ended up kind of getting together. And then the rest is history. But they were really into the Beastie Boys. That's how I got into the Beastie <laughs> yep. Boys. So my song, and I have very dis- just distinct memories of the summertime, And all the windows are open and we're listening to music. We're playing video games, whatever. And we're listening to the Beastie Boys. And my favorite album is Paul's Boutique. And this is... So there's like an an opening song called To All the Girls, but it's yep. sort of just like a minute and a half yeah. of just like talking and music. And then the first real song is Shake Your yes, Rump. Yes, and
0: I love Shake Your yes, Rump.
1: Yes, it's like it's Shake
0: Your Rump is a good song.
1: It's quintessential Beastie Boys, especially that era of Beastie Boys. I mean, there's references to like the Flintstones and the Brady Bunch. And yeah. like it's just a really fun song where yep. they make all these crazy pop culture references. Yes. And so I just have these memories of that song, and just like having so much fun and not having a care in the world, and yeah. it being summer. That's a good so, summer song. Yeah, it's. I great. love
0: that song, and I'm I'm super annoyed with myself that. I loved me, and my friends. We used to listen to all the time. Licensed to Ill, we mm. loved, loved, loved Licensed to Ill. So when Paul's Boutique came out next, I went and got it, and I hated it.
1: Well, it was so different? It, it was so different. It was so different. And, and Licensed to Ill is my least favorite. But they album. they say
0: that that people like hated that album when it came out, and now everybody recognizes it as like a, a trailblazing album because yes, it it's is so legendary. good. And I love it. It's it's some Egg people Man, call it you know, the great, one of the greatest albums yeah, ever made. It's it's a good, yeah, it's good, amazing. Good, good. Yes.
1: But yeah, you're right. It was a complete departure. It was more hip hop. Yeah. The License to Ill was still more of their punkish. You know, they were, you know, I hate that on the radio. All you ever hear is Sabotage. Great song. I'm sorry. Or like Fight for Your Right to Party or uh, Brass Monkey. Like that's all they play is like that stuff. But so many good albums came after that.
0: Mine, I think I, I can't remember if I had it on here before and i don't have it bound any, to happen eventually. yeah i don't have any specific memories of this song tied to a summer but the song makes me think of summer okay. there's something and like when i was looking at, when i watched it yesterday i was looking at youtube comments and people are saying like perfect summer song and i i don't remember if it was like released during summertime i just have there's memories just like when this song it. came out when i was i was going to UWGB i was okay. i going to college in green bay and i used to just love this song i used to love driving and listening to the song and to this day, this is like just like the guitar. Everything is so good in this song, and it is the song "In a Daydream" by the Freddie Jones Band. I think I've brought it. Have like a blank stare. I think you, you do. Story. I think i brought it up on here, but it is the song. When I start playing it, you're I'll totally know it. gonna know it. Yeah, but it is okay. the song "In a Daydream" by Freddie Jones Band. I okay. love the guitar. The way the song starts out, the guitar. It just feels like summer to me, at least, and other people from based on the comments. But that is my song, In a Daydream by the Freddie Jones Band. I love it. Cool? Cool. Something smells good. What's he making up there? Toast or something. I know. I'm like, (laughs)
1: it's making me hungry. I (laughs) ate at like four.
0: One of these we're going to skip because this one might require some thinking on our part.
1: It's too late in the show to do that.
0: Yeah. But we're going to do two of them. (laughs) The second one, I don't know. I'm going to have to think or look some up. Um
1: no fair, I want an advantage as well.
0: <laughs> Alright, we'll do the we'll do that one first. Okay. Give each other biker gang nicknames.
1: <laughs> okay, biker gang nicknames. Huh. That is really hard.
0: Like I've never watched Sons of Anarchy, so That's I don't know. That's a great show.
1: Yeah, I guess they have nicknames. Huh.
0: Biker names for guys. I it's see. Got to be like based. Firefly, forehead, <laughs> forger, riff raff, rock, rooster. Uh. <laughs> There's one that pops into my head right away for you, and I don't know why because I don't know. We'll say it. Jezebel. 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 Okay. For some reason, that popped into my head as like your name, Jezebel. Interesting. Because it's it's pretty, but also kind of badass.
1: And I feel like that's kind (laughs) of you, (laughs) Jezebel. The first thing that came to my mind, and don't be insulted, but was Dirty Kurt. (laughs) I'll take that. That's what came up. I don't know. And then I thought stubborn.
0: (laughs) Because I am stubborn. Like
1: a part of your personality.
0: I like Dirty Kurt. Kurt. Dirty Kurt. Okay. Jezebel and Dirty Kurt. (laughs) (laughs) Those are our biker names, I guess. Yeah.
1: When we tour Wisconsin, we'll have to rent a motorcycle.
0: Jezebel means something bad, though, doesn't it too?
1: Jezebel, it does have sort of like a demon, demonic. No, kind like of thing, a or... like a Jezebel. I don't know.
0: No, like a promiscuous the, the girl. Google... I don't want to oh, say what
1: i Oh, the the dirty Kurt. Hope so. <laughs> dirty uh, Kurt and Jezebel. The Google machine will tell you. Biker names. I want to know what people think our biker nicknames would be.
0: From the U.S. News website, Jezebel was a killer and a prostitute, but she had her good side.
1: Dang, with a heart of gold.
0: Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) but that was the first name that popped in my head for you was Jezebel. All right, and Jezebel and Dirty Kurt. Way better than mine. You know we're gonna open one of our shows with that. Jezebel. This is Jezebel and Dirty Kurt. Kurt. I love it. In a strange cellar. It's a play on Curdy Kurt. -Kurt. It is kind of a play on Curdy Kurt. Mm -hmm. Dirty Kurt.
1: Is that the one you thought we were gonna have to think about?
0: No. Oh. There's a totally different one we're going to have okay. to think about. Um, so, yeah, there's that one. All right, Jezebel, are you ready to go on? I'm ready for anything. The second one is, what is one rule of life you wish you could go back and tell your teenage self?
1: A rule of life? Yeah. That, that is a hard one.
0: Like, what would you go back and tell your teenage self as advice, I guess?
1: A lot of things. <laughs> hmm.
0: I would go back and tell myself, "Have more fun. Don't worry so much about yeah. where you are at that point." Because I feel like I did, and life's going to get worse. I would tell myself, "Life's going to get worse, dude. Enjoy yeah. where you are. Live life. Don't be afraid to take risks."
1: Yeah, because uh, you're going to look back mine would on be these similar. days. Similar. Yeah. Yeah. Mine would be more like, and we've we've talked about this before. Um. You're going to let a lot of things pass you by in life because you're afraid to try? Yeah.
0: Yep. Oh, yeah. You're going to miss yeah.
1: out on a lot of opportunities I regret you're a lot of things that I
0: didn't do back yeah, then when fear. I was, yeah.
1: Just not even as my a teenager, but in my 20s and 30s, yeah. I just, I missed a lot of opportunities to do new things or go places because I was afraid to try or step outside my comfort Me zone. Me too. Yeah, that's what I would tell I would her. tell
0: myself, too, just that. I would say... Mm-hmm. Try things, live life, don't be afraid. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah.
1: Although all of our life choices brought us to where we are today. And here it, we are it did. sitting in this yeah, strange And that, that stuff that, that
0: weirds me out is that yeah. what if that chain if of events wasn't there that you and I didn't meet? Mm-hmm. You know, this one exists. Strangers right. wouldn't exist. Right. So all it's weird. All these
1: people that were brought together by our show wouldn't yeah. have been brought together. So it's
0: like maybe we did what we were supposed to do. I guess,
1: yeah. So, we still have time to spread our wings. You do. I'm old.
0: I said we. <laughs> I said, Damn whatever, it. Whatever, Jezebel. <laughs> okay, dirty Kurt. <laughs> so there you go. Those are our questions. Sweet. The deets? We'll do the deets this okay. time. Do we have anything else? Um, joke. Joke. We're sk- we're not going to do this the tarot readings.
1: Right at it. Yeah, we're kind of over that. I mean, I still work with the tarot every day, but I don't know that anybody's really My into it. So Butt hurts. You got bleacher butt?
0: I got bleacher butt. Okay.
1: We're doing a pickle joke. What business does a smart pickle go into? What he opens a delicatessen. <laughs> oh. And here's a very proud
0: delicatessen yeah. owner. Yeah. Yep. Nice. Should we do one of the others? Yes.
1: Laugh out loud jokes for kids. Oh man, it's been a while. I don't know where I left off. What <laughs> What do you get when you cross a tiger and a snowman? What frostbite.
0: Wow. That's actually kind of clever. This is a good
1: one. What do you get when you cross a pig and a centipede?
0: What? Bacon and legs.
1: (laughs) See, these are good. Those are cute. That's cute. That made me hungry, though. Um, (laughs) Bacon and eggs.
0: I have Grayson's birthday party today, so I got to go there after here. Corey's going to be grilling out brats and Mm. burgers, and I'm super excited. They're having
1: a brat fry.
0: We're having a brat. We're frying out brats. We're frying out. We're frying out.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So manageable. Another Wisconsin thing. And Sheboygan. Yeah. It's not a Wisconsin thing. It's specific to this area because we did not call it up north. No, it was called
0: grilling out. No, we fry fry out. Mm -hmm. Come on over for a fry out. Our deets, you can email us at thestrangesessions at gmail.com. We are on Twitter at strange session. We are on Instagram where Krista does just, like, a jaw-droppingly good job at the Strange Sessions. Uh Uh-huh. You can send us postcards and snail mail to The Strange Sessions, P.O. Box 434, Manitowoc, Wisconsin, 54221-0434.
1: Maybe hold off on the taste test. Hold off on the weird, weird, good with
0: taste test stuff. Yeah. Uh, Logan is actually sending me some stuff.
1: Oh, Logan B.? Yeah. I, I, I call Lo- her that because that's what her I know, name I is know. on Instagram. I don't think that's her but actual I'll, name. But I'll
0: talk more about that in the next episode, She's okay. she's sending me some stuff, which is just nice. like super sweet. I love Logan. Um, And you can call our lonely phone number, which Josh did. So thank you so much, Josh, for the, ma- for the voicemail.
1: And the Bigfoot socks.
0: And the Bigfoot socks. You can call our number at 920-443-9602. And I believe that is it for this time. We
1: didn't forget a dang thing.
0: Until I get home and I'm like, rats, we forgot to do this. <laughs> <laughs> Find something at home I was supposed to bring.
1: We forgot to record it. I'm just kidding. It's <laughs> recording. Don't worry.
0: So I think... From Krista and I in the Strange Cellar. From Jezebel and Dirty Kurt in the Strange Cellar. (laughs) Until next time, (laughs) stay strange. strange.